What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Tuesday, December 19th, 20 and 23. And the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Plenty to get into today. We've got some Texas Longhorn football to talk about. Not one, not two, but three commits yesterday for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. We'll talk about that. A little Monday night football discussion as well as Philadelphia loses again, keeping the Cowboys NFC East title hopes alive. We'll talk about that. We will also get into a big time flip in the world of college football. Is a former blue blood about to be back? We will discuss the Lakers had a banner celebration for their in-season tournament last night. And also, did we find the trash talk we were looking for for Texas football? All of that and more over the next couple of hours. What's going on, Buck? Oh, it's all good, man. It's all good. It's another beautiful day here in Central Texas in, dripping, in the hamlet of Dripping Springs. How about you? How you feeling? I'm good, man. Still in there? Uh, I got this cough that I can't shake. It's been keeping me up at night. Which yeah, you and my wife both. It just won't go away. Just won't go away. And I've just been popping Mucinex like little hard candies. You'll never have the flu, though, so don't worry about it. No, 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 no. I'll never have the flu. That's what really matters. I'll never have the flu. But everything's good, man. It, it is all good. I feel fantastic. You know, I had a little episode last this early this morning, but other than that, I'm ready to go with another day, another day of life so far. You want to talk about that episode? Yeah, let's get it over with. Yeah, last night about 1.15, I, I could hear my big dog who is turning nine in February. So you always worry about great dogs of that size. You know, I had one that made it to 15 years old. I had one to make it to 10. This one's on his way to nine, but he has a, a disease called Addison's disease, which once a month he gets a a, a uh, steroid shot, but he takes a pill a day. And so if I'm, if I'm behind on that shot, if I mix up a day or so, you know, things start to go south. And I mean, within 48 hours, he'd be dead if I forgot which date it was or whatever he goes tomorrow. But when in doubt, you give him an extra pill. But I heard this kind of whining sound, you know, and the people that live beside me, since I have two great Pyrenees, these people have four cows, they have ducks, chickens, turkeys, so my and now they got baby goats. So great Pyrenees feel like they are protectors of the herd. And so any noise that's made on my property, which those dogs stay up all night and sleep mm. most of the day, they are protecting. So all of a sudden my dog's barking and then it gets quiet and I hear my dog kind of murmuring and I'm like, shit. So I put my pajamas on, you know, I walk outside and I my sneakers are back there, but I don't put my feet all the way in my sneakers, of course. I have put them in, stroll down the steps, and there's Yogi. He's he's walking towards me, so he's okay. And I take a step the wrong way, and my foot gets caught on the half of the shoe that's on and half off, and I go down like a big bag of like a bag of shit. I mean, I oh, hit. you were doing your CJ Baxter. Oh, I went down like Baxter. I went down just like Baxter. So I go, and of course, in midair, I'm doing my Tua maneuvers, and I land on the not on the point of my shoulder, on the back of my shoulder, and then of course my ass cheek, which 
of course, and I throw my head the opposite way. So I'm down in my pajamas in the yard. I'm lucky I didn't fall into a pile of shit, but the ground was soft enough. And no less than a couple of minutes, there's my wife at the back porch going, are you, what's, what's, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm down. Could you get back up? I got back up. I mean, dude, I'm just telling you this. At my age, when you go down, you don't pop back up. You kind of slowly get up. So I'm trying to get up, but the two dogs aren't letting me up. They think I'm out there to play with them. So my dog's all right, you know. So they think it's playtime at 1.30 in the morning. So they're like jumping on me. You know how big they are. They're not letting me get up, so I don't get up real quick. Yeah. I'm taking my time. I'm feeling stuff. I'm seeing if stuff's still in place. You know, I want to know about my shoulder because I'm because I landed on the back of my shoulder. I didn't land on the point. Never land on the point. Never hit your head. But my ass cheek jars my back, of course. My wife's yelling at me. It's one thirty. She's yelling like, "What are you doing out here? What are you going to do? What, what can you do? Even if the dog is is whining or hurt." So I put a blanket under him and drag him all the way to the to the uh, garage. So I'm not going to let my dog hurt. Cause I can hear, you know, I'm, I, you know, with this new ionizer or whatever I have, I sleep soundly, but I hear clear. I never, dude, I hear everything that goes on in the house. I'm one of those guys. If you come to my, if you open up the back of my door, somebody's liable to get shot and it ain't going to be me. Mm. Cause I, I hear everything in the house. I hear when the wind blows and the house creaks and stuff. So some would say you don't sleep soundly, but I think I, I sleep, I sleep pretty clear, which to me, being able to know what's going on around you is is pretty clear. Like when I get up, you know, as an old man to go to the bathroom, before my head hits the pillow, before I my head hits the pillow again, I'm already out in midair. I'm out. I'm asleep. I can't do that thing where I lie back down. Like my friends tell me, older dudes, you know, the Texas cheaters, they say if they get up and use the bathroom, it takes them hours to get back to sleep, not me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm midair. I got midair collision. I'm out. You know, I go right to sleep. It doesn't take me two minutes to go back to sleep. Right. So. So, but I'm out there at 1.30 and I'm getting, my wife's yelling at me. I'm like, damn, okay, I'm all right. And I'm yeah. trying to tell her, don't come back out there. She goes, don't do that anymore. Leave the light on. Because I, I then cut the light on the porch, but I cut it back off when I went to walk around. Mm. It's, it's flat back there. So I got golf today, but my back, no matter what, my thoracic back gets jarred. No matter how you fall, it hurts your back. So you're Okay. I'm okay. It's all good. You yeah. know what? You know who doesn't care? The soldiers, soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas. You think they think they worry about falling down? You don't think they get back up all the time? No, of course I'm not they do. But huh? they're not. They're not 68 going on 108 like <laughs> you are. Good morning to all those soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas. The soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. And please be safe out there, y'all. Please be safe and happy holidays to all you fighting men and women and children, all of you. Please be safe. Same to you, Buck. Be safe. Dude, it's just, I mean, I got to get my, you know, my sketchers. You know, my sketchers, I slip right in and I'm I'm good to go. My feet are big enough that I'm not just going to fall from being outside. But if you put a shoe halfway on and halfway off at 1.30 in the morning, something bad's going to happen. A sneaker. If I do that, it will be fine. If you do that, something bad's going to happen. Oh, so you, oh you're going to catch your balance, no problem? Yeah, I'm not going to misstep like that. I don't dude, think. The dogs won't let me up. They're like laying on top. I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> not here to play. I'm not, it's not playtime at one yeah. o'clock in the morning. It's just, but that's it. I've been good. You know, my my fall school has been good to me. Ask Tua how that feels. Yeah. He's doing pretty good. Been healthy all year long. Yes. And I landed, you know, 
what little ass I have, I landed on that cheek, never on my hip. Can't don't want to be breaking hips. Don't want to have don't don't have tender bones, but ooh, is it sore? It's gonna be sore taking them swings today, but I'll be taking them swings. I was gonna say I'm a little surprised you're playing golf today, no, but that's not you know. stopping me from playing golf. No. Never does. Never no, does. No. All right. Maybe what the if, flu, maybe the flu would, but I'll never have the flu. So what do I care about that? That is best. I'll established. never have the flu. I'll never have the flu. There she goes. Hey, you know who the, you know who that girl kind of reminds me of? Who? Your crush. Kim Mulkey. She doesn't remind you anything of Kim Mulkey. She's not even in the same category. They kind of look similar, don't they? No, Kim Mulkey's a looker. You don't think and a, fine, uh, and a fine dresser. You don't think Gloria you. Copeland's a looker? No, Gloria Copeland. No, somebody's mom. So is Kim Mulkey. No, Kim Mulkey's a fashion. She's a fashion person. She's she's almost an actress of fashion. She's political. She's she's innovative. She's a she's a rock star. Okay, a rock star. Yes, Kim Mulkey's a rock star. Uh, I mean, she's she has one of the most successful championship coach. You know, yeah, she is one of the most successful women's basketball coaches of all time. She got it done at Baylor for a number of years and is now getting it done at LSU. Uh, well, she got, she's still a woman. She's got a dude name. How about that? Dwayne. Kim? Dwayne. Her middle name is Dwayne. Wow. Well, she got a dude middle name. She doesn't have a dude name. Kim is not a dude name. Some places. Yeah, I guess. Kim Jong Un. We too low. She kind of reminds me of Kim Jong Un, honestly. A little bit. I think I'm more scared of Kim Mulkey than I am Kim <laughs> Jong Un or Ill. Probably. Well, we got some video of Kim oh. Mulkey from over the weekend. She got no. ejected. LSU was beaten beaten up on somebody by like 35 points in the last three minutes of a game. How do you and get ejected then? Here's some of Kim Mulkey. So here's the foul. They called an offensive foul on one of her LSU players, and there she goes, losing her mind on the sideline. There she gets tossed. Now she has to get held back by her players. Look at that outfit. What is she wearing, dude? What is that? Is it everyday Mardi Gras day there? And there she goes, walking back to the tunnel. Oh, she wanted getting... that. She wanted that. She hadn't been seen lately. That was all for show. Yeah, no one's been talking about Kim Mulkey no. in a while. So she's got she's got that, that sure. she's got that Aaron Rodgers to her. People aren't talking about her. She does something to make sure people start talking about her. Up by 30. Yeah. And that call goes. and that call's gonna bother her. Yeah, and then you see, I mean, look at that. She is going off on that's that. Real hair. You don't need to understand that's not that's not weave, that's not a wig, that's her hair. You see Angel Reese holding her back, and then apparently Angel Reese went to go. Oh, there's Joe Schwartz. See that guy at the sweater? Oh, yeah. You know, that guy was a walk-on at Texas. He played at, he played basketball at UT for years. He's a good player. He's on her staff? Yeah, he's because uh, he grew up friends with Kramer Robertson, who is uh, a baseball player in, I think, the Cardinals organization still. It's Kim Mulkey's son. So really, yeah, my boy Joe, he grew up in Waco. He was friends with Kim Mulkey's kid and is friends with Kim Mulkey and now is an assistant coach on her staff at LSU. You just need to get her on here in the morning. She's I not mean, up this, she doesn't get up this time of morning. If you look like she looks, she doesn't get up this early. She's not going to do that to us. She won't wake up until nine. She, I think, she, well, we can get her on at nine. I bet we could get Kim Mulkey on this show. How awesome would that be? Not awesome. I'm going to be off that day. 
What? I can't be scared during an interview. I'm going to piss myself. <laughs> Come on, man. She's not going to make you afraid. She's going to treat be, you with kid gloves. I mean, I'll seriously. I'll be shaking. I, don't, no. I, I, I think I've been nervous during like one or two interviews in my life. That would be number two or three. I'd be freaking out, dude. I'd be worried she's going to like pull a lady from the ring and just oh, jump. We'll never have her. That's just like me with... I, I always wanted to. I always wanted to interview Gail Sayers, and I would. I would. I tell you, I would be horrified to talk to the to the Kansas comment. I would. I would have been, but I can't talk to him anymore. I, he say, did. I do believe we are more likely to speak with Kim Mulkey now than Gail Sayers. Yeah, he did. He gone. Um, our guy Steven says Mulkey probably has a restraining order against Bucky. She might. If she's heard any of the things that you've said about her, then. There's a chance she wouldn't come on this show. She would definitely come on. She'd want to see one of her. She want to see one of her loyal admirers. That's right. <laughs> I would shave my head. I wouldn't wear a hat that day. I'd have my eyebrows waxed. I'd have everything. I'd have this stash and this cruddy little Santa Claus beard all geared up for her. You would and shave we, your head. You don't need to shave your head. You're bald. I mean, it would be clean shaven and shiny just for her. Looks like it is every day from over here. I'll tell her. I, I mean, I'd say anything she needed me to say. I mean, God, what is that outfit, dude? Yeah, apparently Angel Reese went to go find her son, Kramer Robertson, because she was scared that Mulkey was going to freak out. So she, she called her son over to hey, She Mom. ran to the stands like, help me. I can't control this psycho bee. No, no. She's just doing her job, wanting to be seen. Oh my God! So there's your Kim Mulkey story. Love it. You'd, you'd get a kick out of that one from uh, from over the weekend. All right, Buck. What a day it was for Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorn coaching staff. Not one, not two, but three blue chip commits yesterday. That's right, all in the same day in the span of like four or five hours. Texas picked up a transfer portal commit. Texas picked up a recruiting commit for this class of 2024 of course national signing day one is tomorrow and texas also picked up a four-star commit for the class of 2025 which is next year's class and yeah all in all a pretty damn good day for the longhorns we'll go in chronological order of when the commitments went down lucky you and i were talking about this young man before we got on the air today it started with the transfer andrew makuba Former LBJ Jaguar was a super talented kid in high school, ended up committing and signing with Clemson out of college, spent the last three years up in South Carolina, entered the portal right after the season ended, and he is coming back home. Andrew Makuba, the top-ranked safety in the transfer portal this offseason, is coming back to Central Texas. Yeah, and he's, a, and he's a guy who can actually play a little bit of everything. I mean, he played wide receiver and high. I mean, that guy, that guy's just a really fantastic athlete. He and his brother, both the brother. I mean, I think the one brother's in plays in the NFL right now. That's talented. This brother is as talented as his brother was. And he is a stud. He is, he's not a liability. He's not an injury prone guy. He's just an athlete. You know I mean? He's that, he's that Jim rat kind of guy that's out there doing things. He does some great athletic things. He's a cover guy. He's a physical guy at contact. He doesn't shy away from contact. You know, some defensive backs are what they are. They're defenders. This guy is a tackler. I mean, he just he's an all-around good player. He really is. Yeah. 
He is. And you said it. He can line up in a couple of different spots on a defense. He actually took the majority of his snaps at slot corner yeah. for Clemson this year. So he's been kind of bouncing her back and forth from safety to slot corner. And he was really, really good. I saw this stat from uh, Pro Football Focus yesterday. Andrew Makuba this season at Clemson, 344 snaps in coverage, zero touchdowns allowed. Not too shabby so texas obviously needs some safety help you can always use some help in the secondary regardless of where you're going to line somebody up well this is better than getting a freshman if you got him for two years this is better than getting a high school freshman that you're going to have to wait on you know till he gets adjusted to the college college ball this guy's ready yeah we'll see what uh, jade baron does because he's got a decision to make after this season comes to an end he could come back for another year or he could decide to bolt for the NFL. So if he does leave for the NFL, then boom, maybe Andrew Makuba is the plug and play starter at the star position for, sure. for this Texas defense. That's a great uh, Barron, If Barron decides to come back, yeah, maybe you see more Makuba back at safety, which was uh, his original position in high school and obviously what he started his college career playing. So it is a great get. And you're right, Buck. Like this is this is immediate help for Texas. You know, the other guy we're about to talk about is Okay, he'll be a true freshman. He's going to be an early enrollee, so there's a chance he can come in and make an impact right away. But with Makuba, you're talking about a guy who's played high-level college football for three straight seasons. And I know Clemson's been a little bit down the last two years, but this guy was a part of a playoff run in his first year. He's played in some big games during his college career. Obviously, he was a part of some deep high school runs for LBJ as well. This guy is battle-tested. He is proven and once again, the number one safety in the portal. This is, uh, yeah, it feels like a Jalen Catalan type of ad. But as you said, you don't have to worry about the injury stuff like you no. did with Jalen Catalan. This dude has proven that he could stay on the field. And once again, has proven that he can compete at a high, high level. Well, it's nice to get some kids coming out of the portal that are coming back to Austin. You know, yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to have them leave because of the talent that Texas is going to be getting. But some of the talent, they don't always go to Texas. They go to a&M, they go to Clemson, they go to Notre Dame. You know, they're going from all over. Central Texas football has gotten so good when the kids don't go to Texas. You know, if, they, if they're not happy where they are, you leave the door open for them to come back home. And here's one of those ones. This is a plug-and-play guy. This is not a has nothing to do with depth. This is about a guy who's going to come back here and probably start next year. And there are a number of guys out yeah. there like that that, they, that are probably all over this country. So another year – once you get into the SEC, when that starts happening, you'd like for some of those guys to fall back to home, you know? And and hopefully yeah, that's well that's said. gonna be the, well that's gonna be the case. It's time for them to come back home. And as I said, it's not always, you know, you you have an idea of what you want to do. Some kids want to just get away from home in college, and that does that's the same for football players. That's that's the same exact thing. Guys that have grown up around this area say, you know what, I want to get away for a little while. I've been here all my life. Let me go see what it's like. I can make a name for myself at another college. I just want to see what it's like outside this little world. And then they get outside this little world and they say, you know what? Not so rosy over here. Let me go back home where people know me, where they, you know, where I can be around my folks, be around my family and still play good football. And that's what Texas is all about. Now you can still play good, play great football now. And they're, yeah. they're going to start seeing that. I think Texas is going to see a lot of the, you know, a lot of those kids that have been recruited by them that have gone other places start to say, you know what? This group is pretty good here in Texas. I need to go back home. Yeah, I think the difference is more Texas than anything else, right? You sure. use the word rosy. Oh, yeah. it, it hasn't been rosy around here. That's like, right. It hasn't been cool to come play for Texas. Oh, no. You know, 
Jeff and I were talking about this. Like when I was growing up, Texas was the coolest school in the state, but also one of the coolest schools in the country. Absolutely. The brand and the history, but also the fact that Texas was winning every year and competing for championships every year. You're talking about these kids who are 18, 19, 20, and 21. They don't know Texas as being a winner because the Longhorns haven't won shit in the last 12, 13 years. Yeah. So it was like, ah, do I really want to go to Texas? I know that's the local school, but they're not winning. They're not competing. Guys aren't getting developed. Like, look, if you're getting offered to play at places like Texas and Clemson, your goal was to play on Sunday. That's and, right. Like, it's painful as it is for me as a Texas fan and Texas grad to say it was the wrong move to go to Texas if your goal was to play in the NFL because Texas was wasting talent every single year. Nobody was getting developed. Texas was where five stars went to die. That's what you always say. Yes. Like, now you're starting to see Texas turn the tide. They're obviously winning championships. They just won their conference. They're playing in the college football playoff. But also, I mean, I saw Jordan Reed. We talked about this last week. He had his big board uh, at ESPN Five of the top 50 players on his big board are Texas Longhorns. Like, there have been years where Texas hasn't had a single player drafted, and now Texas might have five or six guys taken in the first two rounds yes. of the NFL draft. So now it's like all of those things combining are why people want to come play for Texas. You're going to see more high school kids stay in state if this continues. That's, that's for sure, yes. But you'll also see, yeah, guys like Andrew McCuba, who like a couple of years ago, it was the right move for him to leave. Of course, yes, I wanted was. Clemson was winning championships. Yeah, he was a, you know, Texas was like one of his three finalists. I think it was Clemson, LSU, and Texas. And Makuba decided to go to Clemson at the time, the right move for him. But now it, it feels like the right move for him to come back because, yeah, everything is rolling in the right direction for the Longhorns right now. Yeah, I mean, and believe me, kids want to, they're, they're kids, they want to win. They want to win, but they can go to a lot of places and just win, you know? Yep. They want to win championships. They want to be seen on TV and they want pro scouts to see them. And they want to yep. be developed. They want to be they want to be a lot better than they were in high school when they leave college. And, you know, for him, when he went to Clemson, they were winning. A lot of a lot of Clemson players going to the NFL, you know, that whole defensive line that one year went a whole bunch of them. So, I mean, and now for him, it's time to come back. Now he sees that people are being developed at Texas. He knows they, he knows they need secondary help. I mean, yeah. he, he can he can see that. All he has to do is look at the film. And so now he's made a decision to come back, and he's got two years to do it. That's a great get. Wish yep. he got his brother a couple of years ago too, but damn. Well, well, his old high school coach Jamal Fenner is now on staff sure. at the University of Texas. He's the director of high school relations for uh, Steve Sarkeesian. So you've got that natural fit too. I'm sure Fenner was a part of the re-recruitment of Makuba, bringing him back here to Texas. But yeah, the stats. 149 tackles, 20 pass breakups, an interception, two fumble recoveries in 31 starts in Death Valley. This guy a couple of years ago was thought to be maybe a future first-round pick. So there's yeah. all sorts of potential there. And, uh, yeah, he started 31 games out of a possible 35 at Clemson over the last three seasons. Clemson's really good, and they're always recruiting at a very high level. So it's a big deal to well, get as much playing time. You're going to see guys that, that, that get away from here, BK, that end up like a Texas Tech running back that's locally here. You're going to find those guys saying, you know what, I'm going to give Texas a shot. Now, then maybe they'll get in the transfer portal to somewhere else later, but Texas is going to start getting those first shots. I mean, yep. the University of Texas now can pick and choose the players that they want. Sark knows he can pick the ones that fit his program, not just getting gadgets for depth, but getting players that are going to help him win championships. 
as I said, it's not, it's no longer about even high school recruiting now to, to, to do depth things. It's about getting guys that in their first or second year, they're going to be able to help you win and, and playing because that's what you're going to get every year. You're going to be trying to replace those guys with another guy as good as they were the following year. You know, you're going to be, you're going to, it's going to be fortunate when you can keep a kid here four years, yeah. or five years, they're going to be gone if they recruit the way they want to recruit. And if they, if they continue to develop the way they want to develop, guys aren't staying for four years. They're getting out of here after three later. You're trying to be like Bama and Ohio yeah. State and Georgia. Georgia. And Absolutely. those are the first world problems that those schools deal with every single year. So, yeah. yeah and not only that, is Texas is now recruiting in their area. They're taking kids that, yeah. that wanted to go to Alabama and Georgia. But when they get yep. into the SEC and they start, like I say, when, when Texas starts recruiting that Atlanta area, that little circle where Alabama and Georgia gets their guys, and Texas starts taking some of the beef from them, it's going to be on then. And then you can choose who you want in the state of Texas. That is going to be fantastic. Oh, man, no doubt about that. Yeah, it sucked watching all of those other schools come in and oh poach the top players from Texas over the last decade. Hell, decade Houston was getting players away from Texas. Yeah, and look, that'll still happen. I mean, like sure. Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, they're still going to be able to steal some kids from the state because they're big-time brands, but – uh, you feel like Texas will be able to hold its own. I don't know if it's going to be like Mac Brown heyday. I don't know if we'll ever see something like that again, where literally all of the best players in the state of Texas were going to UT. You might. But it, but it, it, it will be closer to that than it has been in a long, long time. Let me just say this. You win the natty, and it's going to be like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Hey, let's – so, look, it's easy to root for Longhorns. We root for the Longhorns, so we're always going to support anybody who puts on the burnt orange and white. But uh, our guy Bob Ballou over at CBS Austin tweeted this out yesterday. Buck, this is a video from 2019, back when Andrew Makuba was still in high school at LBJ. This is a little more than two minutes long, but this uh, talks about Makuba's journey as a kid, what he overcame to get to LBJ and become one of the highest rated recruits in the nation in the class of 2019. I think this is a, a pretty cool story, and this will make it even easier to root for Andrew Makuba now that he's coming back home. Check this out. For Makuba, the trek onto the field at LBJ was long. He missed last season because he transferred from Reagan. Bad things can happen, and it's all about how you respond to it. You know, and that's the message that I tried to send to him when he went through that process. We never know when it's going to be taken from us. And so I think it brought a reality to him. Of course, Makuba's reality is much different than his peers. He learned some of these lessons growing up in some of the worst conditions in the world. It was rough. We didn't really have that much food. Uh, water was an issue, too. Electricity was an issue. It wasn't the best place for us. It was not safe for us. For the first nine years of his life, Makuba and his mom, dad, four brothers, and two sisters lived in Zimbabwe. Down there, you got to go out and go out and uh, hustle and get your own money, own stuff to provide for the rest of your family. They've got to be grateful for what they have now because there's people struggling down there right now. That struggle led Makuba and his family to find refuge with family in the United States. They learned English quickly. But Andrew was always fluent in something else. Growing up, I wasn't really a trouble guy. So me and my little brother just used sports to just stay away from the outside. So I just used sports to just stay focused on school, grades, and just provide for my family. It just shows the character of him as a person. A person like him who's experienced what he has. It's amazing. Just as amazing, Makuba's recruitment. Despite never playing a down of varsity football, schools like Arizona, Arkansas, and Tulsa 
already offered him scholarships. It is unheard of. He is a very humble and hardworking kid, and he listens. It's exciting because I know I've put in the work and I went through some rough times, moments. So it's really exciting to, uh, to feel like colleges can see what I can do without any film. The film is coming in his junior season, and so will those one-on-one -on -one battles and his friendly rivalry with McCutcheon. I'm the best guy in practice, and I feel like can none of them really mess with me when it comes to the one-on-ones. Andrew Makuba doesn't talk much, but what he does say and what his story says about him, that really leaves no doubt. So there you go. Of, a lot of film on him as a wide receiver there. He could, like I said, he could, he's such a great athlete. Yeah. 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 But what a story. I mean, grew up with what seven siblings in Zimbabwe, lived there for the first nine years of his life, didn't have much access to food or water or electricity. Uh, Turned his negatives way, into positives. Yep. Found their way to Austin and uh, overcame a lot to get to this point right now. And that story's from 2019. I beg your pardon. Makuba was part of the class of 2021. Because mm -hmm. uh, that story, as you heard Bob mention. A junior, came, as a junior. Yeah, I came before Makuba had ever played a snap on varsity. But uh, people saw the potential. And he was getting offers early. And the offers kept coming and coming and coming. I didn't even Decided. have him on film. He wasn't even on film yet. Nope. Decided to go to Clemson to start his college career. Then three years there. Now back at the University of Texas. So that's awesome, man. Easy kid to root for. And uh, yeah, excited that he is here at Well, he's Texas. a cover guy too. That is great for Texas right there. Yeah, they, they, need, need, that. they need that desperately. They need they need a player that's got that, that's kind of got it, you know, when he walks onto the field. He'll walk onto this field with it, you know, for this secondary. You know, after playing those years at, at, at Clemson and having all that experience, and going against some pretty good people. He'll have it when he walks in here. It won't be, and you won't have to be worrying about, is he going to stay healthy? Have he, does he, I mean, he knows, he knows how to play the game. He knew how to play the game a long time ago. So that's a great, that's, I mean, that's, that's like getting two recruits in one. For every year yeah. that you get to have him next year and the year after, you've got to do some good things as long as he's, he's in your secondary and knock on wood that he stays healthy because he hadn't been hurt. So if he stays healthy, I mean, you got an NFL-type player playing for you. Yep, big get for Texas. He was also looking at Oklahoma. Of course, Brent Venables, the head coach at Oklahoma, was the defensive coordinator at Clemson yes. when Makuba decided to sign there. So there was a thought that, okay, maybe that relationship could sway Makuba. But he Norman. knew that was no good. And he uh, thankfully decided not to go there. But Ole Miss was also interested. Oregon was also interested, and it feels like those two schools have more money than the Vatican right now. I mean, my God, they're getting every single transfer portal player. Uh, but thankfully, Texas was able to get Makuba. And, uh, yeah, excited to see what he does on the 40 acres. And, and it's good to see a kid from that part of the town come on, across the highway and play football at the University of Texas. Generally, that's yep. a no-go for those kids. It's like, no, I don't think so. I think I'll go somewhere else. Now with NIL, I mean, he can take – I mean, he can take his his value back to you know back to his his neighborhood. Do a lot of good things in his neighborhood. This is good. It's good for Texas. It's good for everybody all around, right there. Agreed. But that wasn't it. There's more good news for Texas yesterday. So Andrew Makuba committing was the first of three commitments for the Longhorns. The second was a flip. Mary Flipmas, fuck. 
Yes. The Longhorns got five-star safety Xavier Filsime to flip his commitment from Florida to Texas. Now, this has been one of the worst-kept secrets in the world of recruiting over the last couple of weeks. The writing's been on the wall for this to happen, but now it has officially happened. The number two safety in the entire class of 2023, a five-star, is ranked as the number 30 overall player in this year's recruiting cycle. He is coming to Texas. He's a Texas kid. This isn't a transfer, but this yep. is another kid who was committed to go somewhere out of state, saw what Texas did this year, and decided he wanted to play in Texas. Xavier Filsimi expected to be an early enrollee as well. Great. But I think about what Derek Williams did as a true freshman this year. Right, Derek Williams, elite recruit last year, came in early, and now has been one of the best safeties, if not the best safety, on this Texas team this year as a true freshman. Uh, I'm sure... Phil Samate saw what Derek Williams did. Oh, yeah. Saw what the rest of the safeties didn't do. And is like, well, shit, if I go there, I might be able to do what Derek Williams did. I might Absolutely. get some early playing time and uh, I might be able to make an impact as a true freshman for this team. So, wow, how good can this secondary game. be? How good can this secondary be early? Yeah. Hopefully, very, because they weren't very good this no, year. No, they were not. No, but Phil Samate, yeah, big time player. Once again, five star out of the McKinney area. Went to McKinney High School up in the Metroplex. And number two safety in the country. He's 6'1", 180. Committed to Florida in the spring, but the Gators had a terrible year. They finished 5-7. and seven. They also fired their defensive backs coach, uh, Corey Raymond, who was uh, maybe the biggest recruiter for Phil Same at Florida. So a lot of turmoil there. It feels like Billy Napier is a dead coach walking out in Gainesville. All of that stuff combined with what Texas did do right this year uh, is why Phil Same decided to commit and he, he said in a statement god told me to do it which confirms that god hates florida <laughs> that's right i think or that's what just, we learned or they're just an afterthought right now florida yeah. woman florida man and florida football yeah florida football is worse than florida man and florida woman wow that's right pretty now. bad now which tells you something right there yeah, incredibly I mean, that's yeah. great that, those are great gets they they need to fill up that secondary room with really good talented players yeah. And then if some of them have to go in the portal, see ya. But just get yeah. get the best ones, get them out here. How many of them? I mean, how many guys returned from that group in that secondary? Don't please don't tell me all of them. I know there's a couple of young ones, but there are some older ones that played old this year. Um, well, Jalen Catalan's gone for sure. Yes, Ryan Watts. He was just gone. a substitute teacher who nobody knew enough about him physically. They just didn't. They didn't want to believe that he could get hurt and stay hurt, that that was the type of player he was. But he was. Yeah. I mean, he was worth the risk, I think. I know things didn't work out super well for Texas, but uh, he's a talented player. And, uh, look, I wish he was still on this roster for the college football playoff. Like, it feels like he could be healthy enough to play with all of the time off between the Big 12 championship and the Sugar Bowl. Uh, unfortunately, though, the relationship. Oh, is that what it was? Howard. I thought it was from game three through the remainder of the season that yeah. he had time to heal. Well, I mean, he played, he got hurt in the Oklahoma game uh, and he played a little bit down the stretch. But I think the biggest reason why Catalan wasn't playing late was because he lost a spot in the rotation, which felt ridiculous considering how bad the yes. safeties were playing at Absolutely. times. But like, I don't know if it was a doghouse type of deal or it's just, hey, Blake Gideon, who's the safeties coach, just felt good enough about the guys that he had and didn't want to upset the apple cart with the rotation back there, but he could have I, never felt good with the guys he had. 
Well, I, I watch those guys. You watch those guys. That's, you know, that's why people have been critical of Blake Gideon, who deserves a ton of credit for these recruiting wins, by the way. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, from what I've been told, like down the stretch, the reason why Jalen Catalan wasn't playing that much was not because he was hurt. It was because the coaches decided to go in a different direction. So uh, yeah, look, it, it, it didn't work out super well. I'm not mad at Texas for trying. No. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, no, he's gone. Ryan Watts will be gone. Uh, John A. Barron's a maybe. We'll see. Once again, he can return for another season, and you'd love to have him back. That guy's an all-conference caliber player. Uh, but we'll see what his deal is. But I think everybody else can can come back. Uh, a couple of guys have already entered the transfer portal, but depth guys who don't play a whole lot, like uh, what B.J. Allen former four-star safety recruit. He hit the portal. Uh, Larry Turner Gooden, I believe, hit the portal as well. So some guys who weren't getting much run this year uh, will not be back. But most of the guys that you've seen this season will uh, be back in that secondary next And I've year. seen a lot of the back of those jerseys, so I know them by number since we yeah. see, a, see a bunch of those with their bags turned. So, yeah, no, you got to make that room good. That room has to be good for Texas. This this safety room is going to be really good. It is. Corners, look, you got Manny Muhammad, you've got Kobe Black and Wardell Mack coming in. Uh, Terrence Brooks will be back. Like you've you've got some guys there at cornerback. Um, but safety, man, like with Makuba coming in, you've got uh, Jelani McDonald, who people are super excited about being sure. a part of things. You've got obviously Phil Samay, the five star enrolling early. We talked about Derek Williams, who was a five star this past year, who's done a lot as a freshman. Michael Taff will be back. Um, yeah, there's some dudes back there now in that safety room. And hopefully uh, those guys can get developed like some of the other guys on this roster have been. Uh, that's, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, going to the best conference in the sport. You uh, want to have as many talented players as possible, but especially. I keep bringing this up in today's era of college football where teams are throwing more than ever before. You got to make sure your secondary is intact and Texas, it feels like is going to have some big time talent in the secondary. Well, they got cover and tacklers in their secondary. Makuba is, is a guy who, who can tackle. Like I said, he's not afraid of contact. I mean, you see how long his arms are. He's, he's long. He's, I mean, as a wide receiver, he was pretty daggum good. So he can do it all. Yep. It's exciting yeah. to see. It's exciting to hear about him coming. Indeed it is. All right, before we get to uh, the third of three commitments that Texas football landed yesterday, let's uh, give some shout-outs to some of our great sponsors, Buck. Well, I'll tell you who I'm thankful for is Relax the Back because I'm sitting in that Relax the Back chair after falling on my arse last night or early this morning. My back is feeling great, BK, sitting here right now. And Relax the Back embraces a holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle based in 35 years of proven expertise. And as I said, my back couldn't be happier Live wellness for sure. Take advantage of all the wonderful things they've got going. 20% sales on those select massage chairs that they have right now. The fitted pillows, of course, those ergonomics uh, uh, chairs that they have. Boy, you're going to love. If you're going to massage chair, you need to go to relax the back. I know you like a, a good massage every once in a while there. You know what I'm saying? I know yeah. you. you I, yeah. What are you making a Deshaun Watson joke about me? No, I'm not, no, but you do love a good massage chair and a good massage you can get that at relax the back i've been in this chair for years folks now i've left the chair i, I don't i haven't i don't just sleep in it or live in it but i've had this chair for years and i don't want to switch out chairs i'm very comfortable in the way it helps my back and boy does my back need it this morning for sure 
Now, they've got two great locations in Bee Caves at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods, and of course in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free just like the buck. Don't go out at 1 o'clock in the morning and fall down, but live pain-free with Relax the Back. Yeah, I don't know if you could say live pain-free like the buck after you ate shit at 1.30 last <laughs> night. Just trying to take care of my animals, man. Mm-hmm. Here at the farm, somebody has to take care of the animals. And if you hear one moaning and groaning, you're coming out. How comes I didn't go out with my peace last night? How comes I walked out there thinking, what if something would have been eating my dog? Now, if something is eating that big dog, whatever I take out there, I'm going to need a bigger piece, you know? Yeah. Well, one of the dogs that you have, I don't know if you'd care too much. You might let <laughs> that animal eat the dog. But the yeah, other one. Ahead. Eat that Eat that one. Can't yeah. let them eat my baby, not my nine-year-old. No way. I got to ask you what ergonomics is. You said an ergonomic chair. Uh, they it's got an e- probably e- economic, ergonomic. Sorry about that. <laughs> they got urbanomics and ruralnomics here. Yeah, sorry about that. I was just, yeah. I'm a little dazed. No, I got, I was shaking this morning early. Yeah, you need the massage more than I do, Robert Kraft. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> get out there! No, hey. I'm not. No, no, no. I don't. Hey. I'm not down with the massage chairs. I'm not big on massage chairs. They yeah. hurt me more than they help me a lot of times. You know, you ever feel those things where they dig into those spots and they hit it over and over again? There's one at the old place. I need a good, solid, don't move me kind of chair, or I need need to go and get a massage there. There You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean. Oh, yeah. All right, Deshaun. Easy on that. Deep tissue. Deshaun Godbold over here. There's that old massage chair at the old place. Remember that? I used to sit there all the time. I think I was the only person who used that thing. No, that thing, that thing hurt me. I sat in that before, and when it got me by the ribs, they were like, oh. It poked and prodded pretty good. Yeah, you're not supposed to hurt from being in a massage chair. You're supposed to feel good after that. They had that Shih Tzu massage or whatever it's oh, yeah. called. Well, I do. I do a, there's an infrared place. There's a, a place I go to in the Galleria that has a infrared lighting deal that I go sit in, sit in there for about 40 minutes. 40 minutes it takes you, but after about 20 minutes of the 40-minute deal, you start to sweat, and boy, you don't stop sweating, but you can feel that heat, that infrared get to you. I do that every once in a while, too. Yeah. But okay. I don't I don't go get massage anymore. I lost my masseuse. The place closed down downtown downtown. It was it was great. She was she was good. She was the one who accidentally hit the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure it was, was an accident. A, it was an accident. Yeah, it was an accident. And she hit it and she stopped. And I looked, and she looked at me, and I said, okay, let's let's move on. Well, this thing ain't going to jerk itself. What are you doing? <laughs> no, no. You didn't say that? No, I didn't say that. No. It was incidental <laughs> contact. That's all <laughs> okay. it was. No it was flag. No flag, no nothing. Just a, a second of uncomfortableness. I mean, we were both uncomfortable, but she went back to work and got it done. No, there was there was no flags thrown. It was only incidental contact. She went back to work and got it done. No, man. Good massage. Those are hard to come by. You know what I mean? Was this at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa by chance? No, stop it. In Florida? This place was legit. Okay. Whatever you say. Had lots of customers. Yeah. Well, if they're 
giving you an R and T at the end, then I'm sure, <laughs> sure they do. Hey, a word from Tom McKay at AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and all of us at Audiovisual would like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. This time of year can get a little hectic, so we want to remind you to relax, enjoy the season with your family and friends, and give us a call for all your home entertainment needs. If you save the time you spend in traffic and big store crowds, you'd have more time with the people you actually enjoy. So smile, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and cheer the game with your friends. Call us at two five. That's 512-255-8678 or online at avconsultations.com. No, I did not go to We Hung Low Massage Parlor. No, no, I did not go there. No, no, no. My goodness. (laughs) Why would somebody do that? (laughs) We found Kim Mulkey's doppelganger. Look at those perfect teeth of hers. I mean, she must have gone to Dr. Eckert. I mean, look at those things. They're straight. They're white. I mean, she looks a little jaundiced. You know what I mean? I mean, all the blood has gone out of her head. I don't know. Is Kim Mookie on the left or the right here? I can't That's her on the left. That's the beauty on the left. Where's she got that mask on for? She'll never have the flu. And you know she's not a sissy. No, she has confirmed that she does not have allergies because she's not a sissy. Yes. That's what I need to say. I'm not a sissy, so I won't get allergies. No, you should try that sometime because you're going to have allergies about three times a year. Dude, I, I get them at this time every year. This is the time. Late fall, early winter, and I just get cooked. Who brought those cedar trees? Who brought that cedar stuff here to, to the state of Texas anyway? How'd they get on that boat? Was it seeds or was it plants alone? We need to find out. We need more information, the history on it. <laughs> We need a history on cedar cedar trees and how they got here. We need to fight somebody over this. Yeah, somebody's. This is somebody's fault, you know. Somebody's got to go down over this bull. And they've got to have something that, some other plant that will affect the cedar. You know what I mean? Like if, if you get it from all the the pollen in the cedar tree, they must have another plant that you can suck the seeds or whatever it is from them and not get the cedar fever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll find out. I'll find that out. I'm not hey. sucking anyone's seed, but if you want to do that, go <laughs> ahead. No, because, you know, my almanac should have that in there somewhere. Mm. Yeah, that's on you. You read the almanac. You're the farmer here. You should know the answer to that question. How's that winter coming? How's that winter on the 17th coming right now? Yeah, good. yeah it's like 75 degrees right now. Good call. Who said winter had to be cold, by the way? That it, was that was that determined that we had to have cold weather when I said it's going to be, that's when winter is here on the well, 17th? I thought that was your prediction. You said you were going to tell us when winter gets here because it was going to start getting cold. On the 17th. That was your whole bit. It was it was nice on the 16th, nice on the 17th. It'll be nice on the 21st when they truly call for winter, so that they is, say. That is when winter starts. That is the date. That's Don't not buy. an opinion. That is a fact. Don't buy uh, it. I'll no. let you know when it hits. <laughs> well, you already were wrong. We're not going to listen to you. You're going to listen to me. It happened on the 17th. Winter is officially here. It's just not cold. Just be thankful it's not cold. Who wants to be cold? You want a little coldness on Christmas Day? Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. I would love a white Christmas, dude. Seriously? Yes. Hell no. Why not? Oh, you don't want that. I lived in that. You don't want, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I didn't say I wanted, you know, white the day after Christmas. Or oh, the no, day it's no, the day after and the day after that, it stays like that where I grew up. Oh, I, 
yeah, I, I don't want that. You're asking me what I want. I want snow on the 25th and then uh, back to 60 and 70. On the 20th. Okay. <laughs> That's not happening. That's what I'm looking for here. All right. Hey, just got confirmation that our guy Jeff Howe will be joining us at 9.15. Great. So we'll talk more about the commits Texas got yesterday. We'll also talk more about some potential commits Texas could get today or tomorrow. Of course, the uh, early National Signing Day, which really is the big National Signing Day, is tomorrow. So uh, we'll have a recruiting expert on with us tomorrow morning as well. But we'll talk to Jeff about what the Longhorns did yesterday coming up in about 20, 25 minutes or so. Which gives us time now, Buck, to talk about Monday Night Football last night. How about the Seattle Seahawks? The Seahawks have been reeling. Now, they've played a tough-ass schedule. Their last three games, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers. Uh, two of the best teams in the football. In the football. What? Two of the best teams in football three weeks in a row. And it didn't look like the schedule was getting easier because all of a sudden Philadelphia comes into town. And the Seahawks, led by backup quarterback Drew Locke, a 92-yard drive in the final minutes culminating in a Drew Locke touchdown pass to first-round pick Jackson Smith in Jigba. An amazing throw and an even better catch. The Seahawks take the lead. They hold on on defense with the last-second interception. And Seattle gets the win. And Philadelphia, after their 10-1 start buck, have lost three games in a row. Big-time win for the Seahawks to keep their playoff hopes alive. And, boy, Philadelphia is reeling right now. Yeah, they're struggling on defense. They're really, they really are struggling, not only in that secondary, but there's not enough pressure up front. I mean, there was no pressure on that last drive. You know, last year, the, the Eagles were sacking people left and right. BK, not only were they good in the secondary, well, we're finding that out. If your front is pretty good, your secondary is pretty good, too. But right now, they get no pressure. You know, they didn't get very much pressure throughout the entire game. Forget the last drive. I just didn't thought they pressured the quarterback enough. Drew Locke, that guy's not supposed to be able to stand in the pocket and throw the ball down the field the way he did. Now, Seattle's got some quality wide receivers. You know, they they just do. But, I mean, from tight end to the three wide receivers that they have. But when there's no pressure on you, it doesn't matter. All the quarterbacks can, can pick you apart when you get no pressure on them. And Phillips yeah. missing that pressure. They really You're are. Right. You're right. I mean, last year the Eagles set a record for most sacks in a season. And this year they're not even top 10 in the NFL in terms of sacks. So, now, yeah. you can't go trade. There's no trades out there. Philadelphia is stuck with the group they have, and they're stuck with that secondary right now. I don't know if Slade comes back. You know, I, I don't know if he's coming back. He's just coming off a little quick surgery that he had, but they, they weren't expecting him to miss the, the remainder of the season. They're going to the playoffs. I mean, I mean, their schedule from this point on is garbage. They're not playing anybody. I, I don't expect them to lose four in a row. I don't think we're playing – the Giants twice and then playing Arizona, that they're going to lose two out of three of those games. I, I They're probably going to win three out of the three and still, you know, win the East. So that, but, but it, I don't know how far they can go. If they're yeah. not going to get any pressure in the playoffs, they're going to get beat by a lot of teams. Yeah. That defense just isn't good enough now. No, the it's defense, not right now. The defense was okay last night. I mean, they, they'd given up 13 points until that final drive. Now. Yeah. It's not good giving up a 92-yard drive in a minute and 24 seconds. Yeah, the quarterback played. He was under the weather. No, he hung a, in there and played. Against a backup quarterback. Jalen Hurts was the problem last night. Now, Jalen Hurts has not been the problem all season long, but Jalen Hurts had two really bad interceptions, and 
Uh, just wasn't good. Now, he was playing banged up. He was dealing with an illness. You're right. He was questionable. Then he was a game-time decision, so he wasn't 100%. But uh, Jalen Hurts was more of an issue than the Eagles' defense. Now, in crunch time, once again, Philly's defense, they didn't get the job done. But the Eagles' offense, I think, was uh, was the bigger problem last night. But that's, Yeah, they wanted to run the ball. They went into that game wanting to run, yeah. you know, and, and try to balance that offense a little bit. Well, they did. They, they did run. They ran yeah. for 178 yards. They just couldn't throw. I thought they were. I thought they were fantastic. I mean, I I love the way they ran the ball in the first half. They must have got better even in the second half. But I don't know. He was ill. Yeah, and he was running the ball. He ran in for a touchdown and a couple. Take. He took off for a couple first downs. But when he's yeah. going back to throw it, not good last night. No, it was not. And the Eagles made Matt Patricia their de facto defensive coordinator. Oh boy pencil ear and things were going okay defensively for 90 percent of the game held 95 percent of the game but once again uh, 10 plays 92 yards with the drew lock touchdown pass to jackson smith and jigba and did you see the drew lock celebration after that game winning touchdown no i didn't see what he did here oh you no remember he, that deal put the backpack on again he, Secure the bag. You can only see like the top half of him because the ESPN cameras didn't show the whole thing. But you see Drew Locke doing it. Then you see Geno Smith on the sideline. That's the, the two scrubs are securing the bag. They were securing the bag. Come on, he Tom Herman. Come on, little Tom Hermans. Oh, yeah. Wait, did you say, did you say Tom Herman? Yes. Let's see. Let's see if we can. No, please don't find anything with that guy. There it is. There's Tom Herman doing it. What a clown of a coach that guy was. Well, that 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 should have told us everything. Oh, right? it did. Oh, that was the beginning of the end for that dude. Well, that was his first year. No, the next year they won the Sugar Bowl. Who yeah, won the but that, that the was end? the beginning of us knowing that, that guy was truly an idiot. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't think he was an idiot after the Sugar Bowl. I'm not going to go revisionist history here. Uh, I thought this was pretty hilarious at the time. Uh, pretty shitty for a coach to be mocking a college kid like that. I mean, is he? What does he got? What does he got in his bag? Tito's, like a bag full of Tito's or something. Tito's and Kendra Scott. I think <laughs> he's got a gear or something. I mean, really. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I started cracking up when I saw Drew Locke do that celebration last night. And, uh, boy, the uh, the total differences those guys' careers have wow. uh, gone in since that moment, right? Drew Locke, now in the NFL, leading his team to a huge season-saving victory on Monday Night Football against one of the best teams in the NFL. And then Tom Herman just had a losing season as the head coach at Florida Atlantic. No. Yeah. He lost? I can't believe that. Yeah, they uh, did not qualify for a bowl game in Boca Raton this year. Wow. Uh, but, yeah. So, hey, now for the Cowboys. The Cowboys, they were given second life. And after that embarrassing performance on Sunday, it kind of felt like, all right, well, there go the Cowboys' chances of winning the NFC East. But uh, they are still alive right now in that division. They do need Philadelphia to lose again. And you brought up their schedule. Two games against the Giants and a game against Arizona. Where's the so, game against Arizona? Where where does the the little guy got him? Uh, I think that's in Philly. That's not good. Yeah, that's home good. against the Giants, home against Arizona, and then at the Giants to end the no, year. No, that that it'll be so nasty and wet and cold in yeah. Philly. Arizona players coming there, not good. Yeah, so there is a way. Like if the Eagles and the Cowboys both win out, which is a bigger if for the Cowboys because they still have 
to play at Miami this weekend and then home against Detroit next weekend. The Cowboys clearly have the tougher schedule than Philly does down the stretch. If both teams win out, I think by way of the fifth tiebreaker, the Eagles will still win the NFC East. But there are scenarios, Buck, that if the Cowboys and Eagles both go two and one, which means they would still be tied record-wise, yeah. the Cowboys could win the NFC East. So, yeah, they need Philadelphia to lose one more time, obviously, in any scenario. But there are certain scenarios where, yeah, even if the two teams have the same record at the end of the year, the Cowboys can get the nod as the NFC East division. And we know they need to be at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys undefeated at home this year. They are three and four on the road. So, um, yeah, yeah, it'd be nice for somehow, some way for Philly to slip up. Uh, I didn't think they were going to lose to Seattle last night, especially when we found out that Drew Locke was going to start for them. Maybe the Eagles were playing so bad. Hell, the Giants were playing okay until Sunday when they got just embarrassed by the Saints in the Big Easy. Uh, but, yeah, Cowboys fans have to be Giants fans, which that's weird. All right, that's, it is. That's, that's very weird. I need that uh, down the stretch. And here's Jalen Hurts postgame. I thought this was worth playing. You know, the Eagles have lost three in a row after their 10-1 and one start, and their chances of being the one seed in the NFC are very slim because well, now they've got a worse record than San Francisco. And, of course, the Niners beat the Eagles, so San Francisco has the tiebreaker. So basically Philly's got to uh, outpace the Niners by two games here in the final three weeks, which feels pretty unlikely. Oh. Uh, here, here's Jalen Hurts after the game talking about what's going on with uh, Philadelphia right now. In those situations, I've been talking about execution all year. Um, been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page, and we didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're we're all we're uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. You know, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. And just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that? About being committed enough. Commitment. I don't know know that if I had a dictionary on me now, um excuse me. I don't know um how else to say. Hmm. Do your job. That's what you all you have to do is tell them everybody needs to do their job. Yeah. I mean you're been in the NFL, they're already committed. He you're committed, you're committed enough. I mean, that's that was that was one of those where, as the leader, you need to say, I need to be more committed to what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I had a chance. I was quarterback in the team tonight. We were winning the game. I should have put that group from Seattle away. That should have been one of those, I, it's on me deals right there. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Commitment of the other guys. Jalen Hurts was committed last night. He was just committed to throwing the ball to the other team. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of those as a leader. I, I know you're sick, but you got to watch what you say. And, you know, I, he's just sick of losing, but your words mean an awful lot in that locker room. So you got to, I mean, I, I know you want everybody to play to their best, but you got to take it on as the leader yourself. This has got to be all on you. Yeah. You, you, you change. If you don't feel like guys are committed, you're the one that needs to make to get them to be committed. Yep. You know, so you got to play the best you can. You can't throw the picks and talk about somebody's commitment. Exactly. You know, that's that's kind of hard to do. That's the wrong game to say those comments after. Yeah, like, yeah. You had a couple of interceptions. You did not play well at all. And you're out here saying your teammates aren't committed enough. Like how many interceptions did your teammates throw last night? Jalen? Right. 
So, look, Jalen's a great player. He's a great leader. He's a tremendous, tremendous young man. Just a bad moment for him, and he's getting dunked on, and he should be getting dunked on. Like, when your team's struggling like that and you lose a game like that, yeah, uh, the best leaders, they take the blame. I got to do more. We lost that, this that game was, tonight. That was he needed to take the blame last night. Your yeah. two interceptions led to a, some bad stuff there, dude. You take the you take the blame on that one right there. I know you've been. I know you. Everybody else has been taking the blame for the last two losses that you had. But that one right there, you don't need to talk about anybody but yourself. There, when you had your third loss in a row as a leader, now you take that on, especially if you had a part of it, yeah. and which he did last night. So yeah, that's a bad look. He doesn't have very many bad looks. That was one last night. Yeah, he mentioned that he doesn't think the team is committed enough, and then he was asked what that means, and he said, "Commitment. I don't have a dictionary on me now." He knew exactly he said wrong. That's why the guy asked him to ask him to tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, he you wants tell you to, that dude wants you to actually name names. If you're if you're saying people aren't committed, well, give me some names. That's what, what I really need to hear. I need you to to call out the defensive line. It's not getting a pass rush right now. Go ahead and say that. If you're yeah. going to say not committed, let's get some people. Let's get some people's names out there. Or Come groups. on. Yeah, that's what we want. That's yeah. what we want. That's why we asked you that question. Just say I'm. I wasn't committed tonight. That'll do it. Yeah. 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 That'll yeah. Been enough. I don't think Jalen Hurts rehearsed that one in the mirror uh, before. Oh no! Oh no! That was that one. That one just came right out of the gullet right there. That shouldn't have come out from him. He'll pay for that with his teammates, and then he'll get right back into the good graces and beat the living shit out of the Giants and the Cardinals and go on about their business. But that's a bad look last night. Where are you at with Philadelphia right now? I mean, like. Are they Super Bowl contenders this year? I, I still just don't like the pressure. They're not getting any pressure. That's, yeah. I mean, and like I said, you can't change out those players in the secondary. You can't all of a sudden start making trades where you, those same guys that are hurt, that weren't playing that well, are coming back, and they suck too right now. And as long as your defense isn't getting a pass rush and you're changing defensive coordinators with a couple games left in the year, yeah, you know, I, I got it if you change them in, in week number three or four. Oh my God, we're talking about week 15, 16, and 17, and you're changing the coordinators? That's not good. No, you're right. And, you, and it tells you you missed the guys that went off to be head coaches. And you knew that always happens anyway. But by this time of the year, you can't be making changes, wholesale changes on your, your offense and defensive staff. That's that's tough. And you're going and with Matt Patricia? That's a weird. Pencilier Patricia. Oh, and you know that they're defensive guys hate that kind of those kind of movements now in week 16 you're making moves 15 you're making moves wholesale moves on the coordinators that doesn't give your guys that play the defensive line very much you know that they're 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 not they're looking at the head coach going really coach this is what we're doing mm -hmm. we played in the super bowl last year and in week 16 we are changing players i mean we're yep. changing coordinators Philadelphia opened up as a 10 and a half point favorite in that game against the Giants next weekend. Yeah, for me, it's like, look, even if Philadelphia wins these last three games, I'm still not going to believe that they are a legit Super Bowl contender. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it with the pressure I saw last night. Yeah. And San Francisco, I think, is far and away the best team in football, sure. but also in the NFC. So they're the clear favorites, I think, to win that conference. And now they're more than likely going to have home field advantage through the NFC playoffs as well, which uh, helps them even more. But yeah, like with Philadelphia, I think Dallas could get them if they play the third time. I think maybe Detroit could get them as well. Like that, that Eagles defense, man, we talked about it before the second Cowboys game. 
Uh, last night, once again, was a lot of that was on Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts was catching a lot of blame for some of the Eagles' inconsistent play this year. He had still been playing really, really well. It's that defense that has been ranked in the bottom half of just about every major statistical sure. category all season long. Like you said, you're making coordinator changes this late in the season. Like that, that group is just not the dominant force that it was last year that helped lead Philadelphia all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, that group just is not the same. They lost some key pieces. The coaching is obviously different because Gannon, the defensive coordinator, went. Now he's the head coach at Arizona. And, uh, yeah, it's just it hasn't clicked. So you need defense to win you games in the postseason. The Eagles, to me, just don't have a defense that is capable of getting them back to the promised land. No, I, I don't I don't think so. As I said, that doesn't change here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. They're still, they've, they've looked the same over the last four weeks, as a matter of fact. It's just been that kind of season for them so you know they'll get back they'll get they'll get into the draft they'll find some players they'll go to georgia and find two more to go along with carter but the other guys they got some old dudes on that on that on that defensive line too they're not all young cats that are playing for them right you know, fletcher cox is at the end of his at, at the end of his tenure you know the, the other guy on the other the other guy who's played all those consecutive games guys haven't been in the league like 20 years for him but yeah. but the, but the guys the guys who had break number seven who had a breakout season last year the defensive end he's not the same as he was last year because the right. guys in the, yeah because the guys yeah. in the middle aren't the same no. so it's right. you know and Carter's been hurt he's been in and out of that lineup this season so they they need a little bit more consistency but I just don't I mean I still see as you said Jalen Hurts still throwing the ball getting the ball down the field he's still got weapons you know Goddard's back if they play if they play sound enough defense they'll be all right but. You can you 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 can hide a couple things, but you can't hide the defensive line, and you can't hide the secondary. No. If they're poor, if they're poor at both right now, when they were really strong, they were really strong on the defensive line. They had a lot of pressures, a lot of. Remember, they were leading the league in sack. They were sacking guys left and right last year. Yeah, they did bring pressure. So what you saw, if there was faulty in the secondary, was disguised because of how good they were on the defensive line and the pressure they got. Now, if they get no pressure and the guys suck in the secondary, that's I mean, this is the NFL. They'll chew you apart. And we saw that with San Francisco, and we saw that last night. Seattle's got a pretty good – Seattle's backup quarterback still threw those wide receivers and got things done in the oh. middle of the field like San Francisco did yesterday. Yeah, those receivers are awesome. And how about Jackson Smith and Jigba with uh, oh, yeah. an incredible fingertip grab for the game-winning score. DK Metcalf had an amazing catch uh, on that drive to help get Seattle down the field. Tyler Lockett. Speaking of guys who have been in the league forever, uh, yes. he was good last night. Yeah, they've got some weapons on the outside, and those guys came up big. Also, Kenneth Walker continues to impress the young running sure. back. Good game for him yesterday. All right, some memes, Buck. Let's check out some NFL memes that I found on the internet. All right. No sound on these, just uh, some videos for you. We'll explain what happened if you're... Listening on the app, we appreciate you. By the way, the code of text line 512-222-9328. That um, Kim Mulkey, Cruella DeVille side shot came from the text line. So you can send us pictures and videos. On the text line? On the code of text line now. Yeah, we now have that technology. So if you see something that you think needs to be played here on Bucky and BK on Texas Sports Unfiltered, yeah. uh, send it our way. And please like this video, by the way. I haven't asked you all to do that this morning, but... Um, Please like this video and subscribe to this channel and share this bad boy if you would be so kind. All right, here's uh, Travis Kelsey since dating Taylor Swift, Buck. 
Yeah, he's looked a little bit slower. Yeah, he had a bad drop in the end zone. Yeah, he looks like he's been spending some time in the rack. Way too much time. In in whose rack? In either either rack. Home or away or abroad or wherever they need wherever they shack up. He's he's not he's not looking like the Kelsey with the quick with the quick move. Something slowed him down. And sometimes that'll slow you down. Are you saying He's spending too much time in Taylor Swift's rack. I'm just making sure I have this right. That's a possibility, yes. We know he's studying abroad because he's studying her. That's <laughs> he is he's not the same dude. Yeah, I don't know if Swift because has they're much not of a the rack. Same, they're, not, they're not the same team either. Taylor Swift doesn't have much of a I don't know. Don't talk about my pen pal like that. Don't look at her like that. I know you're how you one, look at it. You're her. the one who said Travis Kelsey's lost in Iraq. I'm saying, oh. no, don't disrespect her. The, Talk about the her Iraq. Iraq. Oh, the Iraq. Oh, you're, Travis Kelsey is going to Iraq right now. The Iraq. Uh, okay. Here's uh, Kadarius Tony. Every time oh, no. Patrick Mahomes throws him the ball. <laughs> Looked like me last night. <laughs> 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 oh. Here's, here's, a, here's Jerry Jones. To Dak Prescott after Dak threw for zero touchdowns in the loss to the Bills on Sunday. Wow. Oh, man. And then finally, Dak Prescott with first place on the line in the NFC East. Oh, his sleep comfort, huh? The sleep number commercial, Dak falling asleep with the MVP and the number one seed in the NFC in no, the ballot. The MVP now is going to go to either Christian McCaffrey or his quarterback. Yeah. Not over yet. It's um, over. It's you think over. so? Yes. I don't think it's over. I mean, you just I think said it's over for, between I, I, two people. So how can it be over? It's not over. What do you think? Dak Prescott's going to have a 400-yard passing day? He needs one. He can. Yeah, look, I, I think if the Cowboys win these last three games, two of them against Miami and Detroit, and Dak goes back to playing the way that he was for the two months prior to the Buffalo game, then I still think he could win it, absolutely. Well, as long as they're at home. Miami's away, correct? Miami is away, yep. That's not good, but they can't so, be anybody good, Miami. But are the Cowboys good? That's the problem. If the Cowboys win that game on the road and Dak throws for 300, then that changes some narratives, doesn't it? A little bit, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Purdy, I Purdy's the Vegas favorite right now. Like, Purdy. I don't, I don't, I don't expect Dallas to lose to Detroit at home. I, don't I just don't, I don't see that. I don't expect Dallas to lose to anybody at home. The problem is the Cowboys might not be playing anybody in the playoffs at home, which that's the sucks. problem. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've got the longest active home win streak in the NFL. I think it's sixteen straight wins. There are 15 straight wins. I can't remember going back to last season. Yeah, they're they're a different beast right there. Yeah, guys are guys are sounding a little different this part of the year when they start to get Micah Parsons sounded a little bit different with his press conference too. You know, uh, after after that game, it's a lot of it's a lot of that whole we're not executing, we're not this, we're not that. But you got to be the stand up guy. You got to be the standout guy. And he didn't do very much. You know, nobody did. That's what I'm saying. He didn't do very much against the Bills himself. Yeah. You know, and they ran at him. They ran at everybody. My God. Where did they ever? Yeah. I mean, that just it was a disaster for the Cowboys on Sunday. But you got to flush it. You got to flush it and move Absolutely. on. And the Seahawks gave you a gift last night. You still have a chance to win the NFC East. But the only way that happens is if you 
win these last three games. Yeah, and, the scheduling just suits Philadelphia. The, the three teams they're playing, wow. Yeah, now Philadelphia should absolutely be favored to win the division despite their three-game losing streak and despite all of the problems that they're dealing with right now. And now, yeah, they're, and now they're, they're superstar quarterbacks throwing the team under the bus. Yeah, weird bit there. All right, we'll get uh, into the NFL here momentarily. Back into the NFL. We've got uh, some NFL uh, postseason standings to take a look at. Jeff Howe from Horns 24-7. And, of All course, right. Texas Sports Unfiltered is going to join us a little closer to 920 right now. He just texted me asking to push back a few minutes. So uh, we'll get Jeff on to talk more Texas football. Of course, the Longhorns picked up three commitments yesterday. We'll ask Jeff about uh, each of those three. But before all of that, Buck, some love to some sponsors. How about our friends over at Texas Orthopedic? If you're seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, uh, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spinal care, sports medicine, rheumatology, joint replacement, which I may need after last night. Uh, and and even more, Dr. Christopher Danny, who I coached at the University of Texas, and Chris Stockton, the great kicker at the University of Texas, are dedicated orthopedic surgeons. Their goal is to get you right back into that good health and that great quality of life that you deserve. Be it, visit TXOrtho.com for more information. Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. Once again, for more info, which I got all the info that I need with my shoulder, my back, and my, my hip, I didn't break my hip last night. Go to TXOrtho.com. I worry about that because I've always worried about that as I've gotten older, BK, because I always hear about people, hey, you'll break your hip. And I'm thinking, how the hell do you all of a sudden get to be older and that's what you break? They don't ever say, hey, you'll break your arm. They're like, hey, you're going to get, you're going to need a hip replacement or you're going to break your hip. How about if I break my arm and get it over with and not break my hip? Why don't I just take a hammer, break my arm and say, okay, now that's done with you're going to break your arm on purpose just to get over that. Cause I don't want to break my hip. I don't, how is it that people, old people break their hip? Is it, that the, are the joints just screwed up? Do their bones get the bone density start to, to start to, to start to you minimize your bone density. And that's what makes your bones crack. What is it that you, when they break their hip, is that they fall funny? I got a falling school. I know how to fall. Okay. Well then you should be okay. I'm Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I, I don't I don't get that. I somebody should just tell me, no, you'll break your shoulder because that's what I tend to hit first is the back of my shoulder, not the point. I never landed on the point of my shoulder when I was a wide receiver making diving catches. I always found a way to turn and end up on the back of my shoulder or my back. Yes. I was you making no diving catches. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Where's the video? Doesn't exist. It does exist. It does no exist. Way. Video yeah. didn't even exist back in the eighteen hundreds. Hey, there, there's film. We have film, YouTube film of me from, I think, 1976 versus the University of Texas. You know, you can pull that up on YouTube. That's right. Bucky Godbolt run. Yes, you're going to have to. What are you, what, are you, what are you, lead blocking? No, I was actually carrying the ball. I carried I carried the ball. I wasn't in the shotgun. I was coming out of the slide with a carry for a nice game, about four. And then I caught a pass, and I caught it and turned back inside and got cheap shotted in the knee. And that was it. Oh, I got hurt twice against Texas, by the way. I, I, I ended a season against Texas on a, on a same, a, a very similar play, which my dumb ass didn't learn a lesson by going back inside. How about catching and turning outside for a change away from where they're coming from? But the same dude hit me in the knee. 
Mm. Same dude chip shot at me from Texas, and we found out who that dude was. I don't know if he's still alive, but that's a pretty cheap shot. Should we kill him? No, we don't need to kill him. No, okay. he can live out his day knowing he took me out twice. Yeah, well, that's why you had to get your knee replaced a few years ago because of oh. that guy. You should Venmo request him. Send him the bill. I never even thought about that. That is why I did not have surgery at that time. Missed a whole season. Then I missed a bunch of weeks and came back and played. But the one took me out. The one that is on YouTube, the second catch is the one that took me out. So that's right. Go to 1976 Bucky Godbolt versus Texas, and you'll see that. My son sent me that. He wow. said, did you get taken out here? And he said that I was soft. He said I was soft. Well, we've known that for a long time. No, no way. Remember, don't forget I was the lead blocker in the full house. Am I looking up 1976 Texas Bucky Godbolt? Texas versus Boston College. Okay, let's see if we uh, see if we can find this here. I hope uh, hope we don't get popped for copyright. No, you'll okay. be all right with that. They sent it to me. Do you see me? That's right, a little reverse there. All right, hold on. This is riveting content here. It'll be worth it if we can get it. There's watch the how I share. Watch how I fall. Okay, is this it? That's it right there. You see it on the screen? Okay. See it go. on the screen. I'm coming out. There we are. And 15 seconds left of the first half. Boston College leading Texas. Seven. All right, where are you right now? Right slot over there. Right there off the hip of the tackle. Okay. All right. In a three-point stance. God, you look yeah. tiny. Second and nine for the Eagles. Here's Godbolt behind some blocking, getting up to the 38-yard line. There you go. Get some Chris of that. McDaniels <laughs> making the stop along. I didn't see a diving catch there. You promised diving catches. It's the next catches. one. It's, no, it's With the Bill next Hamilton, one. According to our spotters, Steve Rosensky. Yeah, those are huge. All right. Hold on. Hold see the neck the roll? Announcers. See the neck roll? See the neck roll. We don't need to hear the announcers here. We can do our own play-by-play. -play. All right. There's the cheerleaders. Oh, yeah, There's I'm the mascot. About that. They brought the cheerleaders to Austin? No, this was not in Austin. This was in Boston. Wow. Well, yeah, I was going to say, this doesn't look like DKR. All right. Where are you on this play? Oh, right there. Check that out. Here comes the catch. Nice. Oh, no. Bam. Oh, oh. That was, was that, was, who was that? What number was that? That was 32. Do you Look. get up from this hit? Oh, oh, oh. No, no, you didn't get up. Hold on. Like, a like the dog whining last night. Here's the replay again. Don't Let's catch the ball and go inside. Okay, Turn. so there's the catch. And you cut in. So yes. Not, is it 32? 32. Yes. There goes that left knee. Oh, yeah, he went right to the knee, too, with the Cheap crown of the helmet. Cheap shot or not? With the crown of the helmet. I don't know if that's a cheap shot. He was trying to bring you down. Is this the same play? It was yeah, a buck 70. Boom. Yeah, I mean, he, he went low. He went low. He went right at that left knee. Yep. Mm. So what, what number did we say that was? 32. So now I got to do a little Google search here. Oh, to see no. What are you trying to find this guy? I think we've done that. I think we found out. I've never got an apology from him on that shot. Well, we're going to find out again. Hey. I'll go, I'll go kill this guy if he's still alive. No, that's when men were men. 
taking cheap shots. That's manly stuff. Yeah, men's didn't, men didn't wear tights then. You know what I'm saying? We wore neck rolls. I don't see a number 32 on the 1976 football roster. Was he a walk-on? I got hit by a walk-on. <laughs> Did you get injured by a walk-on? <laughs> no, come on. It was, it was 32? I thought it was 32. <laughs> You're going to have to investigate to watch that. It. Hold on. One more time here before we get to Jeff Howe. Here's the play again. QB rolls out. Yeah, 32, right? Yep, there it was. Yeah, I don't see a 32 on the roster. Dude, that, knee, that felt like it was on a piece of string when I got up. I'm at TexasSports.com, and they've, there, there are a bunch of players listed that don't have numbers on here. They've got like 60% of the names have a number next to them, but the other 40% are unlisted. So They didn't have to call the card out either. I just got underneath the armpits of my guys and hobbled off. <laughs> As Rodney says, the roster imposter. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy He's that like me. a 30-year-old. Oh, on, man. Man. Shout out to Magic Man. For the, Thank you, Magic uh, Man. Thing. There you go. Get that knee fixed. That's for your knee replacement surgery. Yeah, I'm gonna have that now. I'm gonna have the other one replaced after that, watching that. Yeah, that's fantastic. My All son right. loved that. You know, he had never seen that. My son Kyle loved that. He goes, you're kind of soft going inside. He goes, he's the first thing he said, why are you turning back towards where they're coming? Didn't you teach your guys to get away? I said, well, the ball is inside, fool. I had to catch the ball because I wouldn't bow dropping no passes. No, oh, that wasn't soft by you. It was just dumb by you. What? Yeah, it was a physical move. I'm going to go back inside and deal with the contact. But you should have just tried to break it outside and... You see that first run, I wasn't worried about any contact, jumping up in there and getting that four yards the hard way. Yeah, yeah, you didn't run straight to the sideline. Thankfully, you cut up field and picked up, yeah, very easy earned four yards Oof. right there. Yeah, that's Didn't fantastic. get any more carries after that. I became the lead blocker. That's how physical I was at 172. Yeah, at 5'4", 172. 5'9", uh, and some change. There you go. All right, shout out to Olifop, by the way. Yes, sir. I'm rocking the lid this morning. Love the Olipop. If you haven't tried it yet, what are you waiting for? Well, we've told you all about Olipop for months now. This stuff is a game changer. It got me back into soda. Matter of fact, I need some Olipop. I'm fresh out. I'm going to go to the store and get me a couple of cans today. While you're getting your ice, when you get your tea, your hot tea, your Lipton's, you off of that now? Tea is bullshit, dude. What? I'm so tired of that. I've been drinking tea every single day for like the last week and a half. I've been tea eating and peeing. That's all it does. Yeah, literally, it's just it's going in and going straight out. That's all the tea <laughs> is doing. It ain't helping me at all. I don't feel much better. I still sound like trash. Uh, the tea is garbage, dude. So is soup. You guys, what? Lying. A good tortilla soup. On that chicken noodle tortilla, cream of D's, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what the soup is. It ain't good. Uh, Olipop is good, though. That's yes. great tasting soda that's actually good for you. Nine grams of fiber in every can. Only two to five grams of sugar in every can. Like, I, I used to not drink soda. I had to give up drinking soda because it was so bad for me, and I always felt horrible after drinking it. Well, Olipop gives me the same soda taste that I love because who doesn't love the taste of soda? But it also gives me health benefits as well digestive health support. That's right. It's not only not bad for you, it's actually good for you when you drink Olipop. So get you some at H-E-B 
at Walmart, Target, Whole Foods, Costco, wherever you go to buy your groceries, you can get you uh, one of the many tremendous, tremendous flavors of Olipop. You can also get it at 7-Eleven. Shout out to our friends yes. over at 7-Eleven. Uh, if you need some coffee on your way to work this morning, if you need a Slurpee today, a Big Gulp today, some nachos, some pizza, some wings, some rollers. Wow. All of the prepackaged snacks as well. You got beer there. You got everything, dude. You got the everything. newspaper there. Yeah. They got yeah. everything that you actually need at 7-Eleven <laughs> all over the state of Texas. Shout out to Ashish. Shout out to Wendy. Holding it down at a few different Austin area 7-Elevens. Love those folks. Make sure you download that 7-Eleven app as well and uh, cash in on the 7 Rewards program. And, of course, SentexTickets.com as well. If you're looking for tickets to the Sugar Bowl, they've got them on site right now. SentexTickets.com. Texas basketball back in action on Friday. Well, Friday afternoon game. Pre-Christmas matinee for the Horns. You want to get to the mood? You can find those tickets at SentexTickets.com. Any game, any sport, any team all year round. It's a local company, too. So you're supporting and shopping local every time you head over there to send Tickets.com. It's the only place I buy tickets. I bought my Rangers World Series tickets at SentexTickets.com. So it's good luck when you buy tickets over there. Good stuff, man. Yes, and we'll be at uh, Sue Patrick's on Thursday. We'll see folks over there. Get the, get that volleyball gear, get that national championship gear. They may even have it ready by then. I bet they already do have it ready. I bet you they do have that stuff. All I'm sure Jay and Sue Patrick have that all ready to go. They've got everything else over there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to do a little midday show over there. Yes. It could be you, me, and Trey hanging out from uh, 12 to 1 at Sue Patrick on Thursday. I was told to quit Brian Christmas stuff. I don't think so. Once I go over there, it just continues. There is, I, I think about somebody else. It's just going to have to happen. It's like glazed potato chips with that place, right? Oh, bet you yeah. can't eat just one. It's like, bet you can't buy just one thing at Sue Patrick. Oh, no. Place is insane. Hey, look who it is. Who's there? the waiting room? One half of It's Only an Hour with Jeff Howe and Jordan Scruggs. He is the first half of that show. Jeff Howe is with us this morning. What's up, Jeff? Not the better half. Man, something about getting close to Christmas time, I don't know what blows in our area allergy-wise, but, dude, this is one of those mornings where I wake up and feel like somebody scrubbed the insides of my throat and nose with a Brillo pad overnight. So other than that, man, I'm great. Uh, It's the cedar, brother. Is that it, Bucky? It's the cedar. Far, Farmer's Almanac tell you that, or no? I've got some some little cedars. You know, I tried to, you know, I tried to cut them down on my property before we built the house. I tried to cut them all down. Now they're good because you know they're good for drainage. Well, they suck up every ounce of water that comes down yeah. down this hill, but it's still good for drainage. But man, the little ones have just as much, you know, pollen in them than the big ones do. So it's brutal. It's that time of year. I, I get it in December. That's it for me, Jeff. I don't get it any other time of the month. December, I'll get it, and whatever it is goes away. You guys who are disease-infected like you and BK that live with allergies, you probably get it three, four times a year. December totally gets you, but you'll get it in the spring. You'll get it summer. You'll get it in the fall. Yeah. I couldn't do it. If, if, if I'm serious. If I got it the way some people get it, I couldn't live in this state. There'd just be no way. Yeah, my next, my next spell is going to be right around Valentine's Day. And then wow. again, it'll be right around master's time. Gee. It's like clockwork, huh? You've got your mm-hmm. cycle figured out, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, I think BK, the more we work together, I think our cycles will be synced up. Isn't that how that <laughs> stuff works? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, we're both feeling it right now. Well, hey, you know who else is feeling it, but in a good way? That's Texas football and this yeah. coaching staff that is just getting it done uh, at every level right now. What a day it was yesterday for Texas. You guys at Horns 24-7 have been all over this, but about three commitments for the Longhorns, one in the transfer portal, one for the class of 2024, and one for the class of 2025. I guess we can go in that order, Jeff. I mean, what a day for the Longhorns. We'll start with Andrew McCuba. Uh, the LBJ kid coming back home, big-time player at Clemson the last few years, feels like an immediate plug-and-play starter at a, a pretty serious position of need for this uh, Texas team. For sure. You know, we've talked about safety being one of the big needs this this team had in the transfer portal. And, you know, we'll get to Xavier Filsamy, but, you know, Makuba, Makuba can serve two functions. One, you know, obviously you need safety depth, period. So he'll, he'll help you on that front, too. He gives you an option to – you know, you're losing a really important part of this defense with Jaday Barron, you know, likely to move on. I, I don't expect Jaday at this point to come back. I, I, don't, I don't know that anybody's expecting him to come back. So, you know, you're going to need somebody at that star position now. You know, it, could it be Jalen Gilbo? Could it be Austin Jordan? I guess. But, you know, Makuba can g- gives you an option to play somebody there. Uh, but I think you're starting to see, you know, we, we've seen under Sark, we've seen position groups kind of evolve on the fly and transform themselves on the fly. We've seen offensive line do it. We've seen interior D line do it. Uh, I think safety is one of those, one of the groups that kind of hasn't yet. Uh, we haven't really seen that transformation take place, but you've got the kind of guys now with, with Makuba, with Derek Williams in the program already with, with Phil Simi. that position now more than ever, BK, we see it plenty on Sundays. You see it on Saturdays in college football, you know, teams are more willing to test the middle of the field. You've got to have guys with ball skills at, at the safety position. Got to have guys yeah. who are instinctive. And Texas really hasn't had that. So, you know, Makuba gives you that. Phil is going to give you that. But, yeah, Makuba's a, a guy that's going to come in right away. And uh, I think probably, you know, when you get to the spring game, depending on what the format looks like, uh, you know, I, I, I it, it's tough to say, you know, is he going to come in and, you know, be a guy that starts over Michael Taff. He could not maybe not line up with the ones for the first snap of spring ball, but you know, probably by the end of spring practice, I think you'll see Makuba and uh, and Derek Williams will be your number one safety group going into 2024. Yeah, and Makuba is one of those kids. Uh, of course, Jeff, if if you needed him and a cornerback went down, he's such an athlete. I mean, he was a wide receiver. He really moves. He's real fluid. I mean, and he's and he's long. And he's been in the trenches already. He's had a couple years under his belt on a pretty good Clemson team. But I, I just thought this was such a, a a great get. I mean, he yeah he he's such a good athlete. You know, just watching him move, you can just tell. And and he's a big and he's not a little skinny kid. He was a skinny kid in high school, a thinner kid. But he's he's built out right now. I mean, he's had a couple years in college. I mean, he looks like a guy that can, you can plug and place him in a lot of spots if need be. I know you don't want to, but mm. who knows how this, this secondary is going to end up because they're going to have to, they're going to have to recruit some cornerbacks. There are going to be some young guys playing cornerback here very shortly, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I actually think on, on the corner deal, Buck, I mean, you got Terrence Brooks, you know, let's assume Ryan Watts moves on, which I think we probably all expect him to at this point. You know, you're going to go into next year where Terrence Brooks has pretty much a full year starting experience. I really like what what Malik Muhammad shown over the back half of the season, uh, especially being a guy that's long and that can play mm-hmm. some, you know, get up and jam you and, and play some not just tighter coverage. But you can get up and play some bump and run coverage. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're you're getting longer where you want to be a corner. The, the thing about Makuba in terms of his versatility 
you know, I'm just looking at his pro football focus numbers. I got him pulled up again. Uh, you look at his snap counts over his career at Clemson, almost 300 snaps in his career uh, as a box defender, uh, almost 700 at safety and over 700 working in the slot at, at that nickel position. So again, a guy, and, and he's got, you know, only 30 snaps at corner, but he does have corner snaps in his yeah. career. So, you know, all that's all that said, I mean, you've got a guy that can fill a number of different spots for you and, and unlike, you know, unlike Jalen Catalan, where I think we were all just kind of hoping, hey, can he stay healthy? And, you know, that didn't come to fruition. And that's no fault of Jalen Catalan's. It's just the body just let him down time and time again in his career. You know, Makuba's a guy that I think probably just needs a change of scenery because you look at what he did in 2021, Bucky. He was one of the top safeties, oh, yeah. really one of the top young safeties in the country. Uh, was ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year. Didn't have a great sophomore year. Had a better junior year. But I think maybe for him just to – just to change the scenery. Yeah, he wants to come uh, and, home. And, and getting back home, I think, would be would, would yep. probably do him some good. So this isn't a guy where you're talking about who has this extensive injury history where you're, you know, hope is the only plan you've got. Hoping his body won't let him down. No. I think this is just a guy that needs to just needs a fresh outlook on things. And again, just maybe just being in a different color jersey, being being back in his in his backyard, close to home, maybe that helps him out. Kind of re- recapture that form he showed in 21, sure. where he was a lights out player for Clemson. Yeah. Speaking of home, Xavier Filsamy, a name that you brought up a couple of moments ago, Jeff, he's staying home. Played his high school football at McKinney up in the Metroplex. Has been committed to Florida for a long, long time. Kind of felt like the worst kept secret in college football, but Filsamy made it official yesterday, flipping his commitment from Florida to Texas. Expected to be an early enrollee. He's a part of that safety room that you're talking about with the the future of Texas football. Feels like another big time get. And Blake Gideon, who's been criticized a lot. By Texas fans, you got to tip the cap to him. He's done a pretty tremendous job, hadn't he? Yeah, it's uh, you know the the thing with Phil Samy that we keep going back to, and and Mike Roach and Jordan and I talked about this last week. You know, Texas, quote unquote, got in on him late. Well, you know, Mike has had a a really good pulse on this recruitment, and it was one of those deals where you know, he was a track kid, and I think had an injury at some point. So, Ted, so the evaluation was delayed for everybody. And it was just one of those deals where, uh, you know, some teams, Florida being one of them kind of took a gamble on him. And when he started to blow up, you know, Texas decided, Hey, you know, he's healthy. Let's go back and, and take a look at him. And at that point, the staff said, Hey, you know, is it too late to get on this kid? And the, the high school coaches, his high school coach was like, well, I mean, he's, he's about to commit to Florida. So, but credit Blake Gideon and, and that defensive staff are just kind of staying on him and, and not giving up in that recruitment. You know, there's a handful of recruitments and Bucky, you know, this, having been in that position, there's a handful of recruitments that even if a kid commits to a school early, um, man, until he puts pen to paper, that kid is so good and can be such a difference maker for you. Man, you stay on that kid, even if the answer is no. I mean, it could the answer could be a no up until the 11th hour. And, yep. and if and persistence could end up paying off. And I think persistence ended up paying off for Texas. And to the point where, you know, when Texas really started to make some moves in that recruitment, what happened to Florida? Florida fired Corey Raymond, who was a secondary coach over there, who Phil Simmons was really close with, and that was your end right there. So you were able to pounce, and at that point, he'd had a better relationship with Blake Gideon uh, than he had with Will Harris, who was just hired, I think, like two weeks ago to be Florida's new secondary coach. So, plus, I mean, with the Florida situation, and I, I don't want to put words in, in Xavier's mouth, but you know, who knows where that regime is going to be a year You're from right. now? I mean, Billy Napier's on a hot seat, and uh, you know, it, it's. It's, it's crazy. We saw this really for the first time in my lifetime under Mac where you know, Texas was 
kind of the cool school to go to. And you saw kids in this state, by and large, they weren't talking anymore about going to A&M. They weren't talking about going out of state to go to Michigan or Notre Dame or UCLA or Miami or anywhere else. The top kids in the state wanted to come to Texas. Why? Well, yeah, I mean, Ricky won a Heisman, and like I said, Texas was the cool place, but dude, Texas started winning football games consistently. And I think now, you know, Sark doesn't have to sell hopes and dreams, and here's what we think we can be in the future. Like, hey, this is this is where we're at. We're, we're in the college football playoff in year three, and now you're going to the SEC, so you're able to sell tangible things right now to recruits. And this is the way it should be. BK, I mean, you look at where Texas has everything lined up. You've got the on-field success. You've got a staff that really enjoys the recruiting process. And, you know, all all that kind of ties in together with the NIL advantage that Texas has. There's no reason why Texas – Texas is always going to get players. Now you should be able to get year in and year out, get the difference makers that you need to make you competitive in the SEC. And if you're competitive in the SEC – the playoff talk we're talking about now, this shouldn't be kind of a one and done flash in the pan thing. This should be every year you at least put yourself in a position to be in the conversation. Uh, with Sweat winning the uh, Outland Trophy, that has to be just in, that's got to be incredible for this for this group now, too, when it comes to recruiting defensive linemen. I mean, they ought to be able to, I mean, I know the portal's wide open. There's got to be some guys that already leave their places. Texas got to take advantage of some guys on the defensive front somehow, some way. Unless yeah. they got a whole stockpile of them somewhere that I don't know about. Yeah, the the problem with that, Bucky, is you know those guys are in short supply. They're just yes. on a ton of you know six four, three hundred plus pound athletes just you know falling off trees. You know those those, those guys are tough to find. They got a kid in this class who I mean I think has a chance to be one of those guys. And you know I know uh, talking to our guys on the on the rankings team at twenty four seven Sports, uh, you know they've seen them. A couple of those guys have seen him live. DeAndre Robinson's a kid out of Orlando, 6'4", 315. You watch the tape, just incredibly athletic, nimble feet. But what are the knocks on him right now? Well, you know, maybe it takes place off. You question the motor. You question the, the consistent intensity. Man, that stuff, dude, uh, Bo Davis will either get that out of you real quick or you'll be out of here real quick. Yeah, so, how about a kid from Jersey? Is he getting closer? Yeah, Sadir Mitchell, I think, is a guy that, you know, the, the good thing about where Texas has been on the on the D-line front is they haven't had to play any of these young guys. They haven't had to rush no. these guys because they've had veterans in front of them. So Sadir Mitchell's been able to, to get some development time. It's going to be a really big spring, too, not just for Mitchell, but, you know, going into year three for Aaron Bryant and Jare Bledsoe and Zach Swanson, that group, that it's time for that group to show something. Somebody in that group has to separate yeah. and become a part of this rotation. And I think whether you're talking about adding another high school guy, because I think Dominic McKinley out of Louisiana, who we've, you know, there's been a lot of movement in that recruitment in the last 12 hours where, you know, now we're wondering, is he, is he going to sign tomorrow instead of waiting until February? And hmm. tech Texas for all intents and purposes finished second to Texas A&M in the recruitment when he made the decision the first time around, uh, is he going to sign? Is it going to be with A&M? You know, can Texas get that LOI at some point? in that 72 hour window. So McKinley's the the guy that they're going to continue to go after until he either signs with them or signs with somebody else. Uh, but I think a lot of what they do in terms of the portal or adding another guy, I think a lot of that's going to depend on what Alfred Collins does. You know, mm-hmm. Alfred Collins has a decision to make. Does he go to the NFL as, as a four-year guy and take no. his chances or, or does he come back and, you know, looking at what, you know, Keandre Coburn did with an extra year. Now looking at what Tavondre Sweat's done with an extra year. 
Does Alfred Collins say, well, you know, that extra year really benefited those other guys. I think that extra year could benefit me, so I'll come back. And, and now you're talking again about for the third year in a row, having a one-two punch at the top of your rotation with Collins and Vernon Broughton, that uh, you don't worry about taking that group into the SEC. I think you'll be fine. It just becomes now, what does the rotation look like behind them? You know, Trill Carter is a rotational guy. Trill Carter's got that COVID red shirt that he can use next year if he wants to, if the numbers work out and, and he wants to come back. So uh, I think for defensive tackle, interior D-line, yeah, the sweat thing can help you in recruiting, Bucky, and I think it's going to help them, but there's so many moving parts yeah. with that position right now. It's tough to pin down. I don't even know if Bo Davis could tell you right now exactly what the plan is because, like I said, between Collins' decision, uh, McKinley kind of waiting to see what he does. Do you want to take another high school guy? Alex Foster's a kid uh, that's committed to Baylor who they had in over the weekend that I think if if he wants to sign right now, I think they'd probably be more willing to take him than if he waited. So just a lot of moving parts right now with that interior D-line group. Well, you, they're finding out that they need big – I mean, they knew they needed big people, but they're finding out more than anything this year got them to where they were because of those big people. You yeah. know, they can't, they can't settle for somebody that's going to take – Three years to get big. You know, well, he's he's going to develop in three years. No, they need to develop a, a guy in a year. In his sophomore year, he's got to be ready to go. Yeah, and, and well, we can talk about the SEC being a space and pace league because it is becoming more of that with the kind of offenses we're seeing. At the end of the day, that league always has been, always will be yeah. the ultimate line of scrimmage league in college football. That's what separates that league from everybody else. And, yep. you know, we, we you know, as a Texas fan, when you've seen Texas in these matchups with these SEC teams the last few years, whether it was Georgia in that Sugar Bowl or, or the the home and home with Bama, what ended up being a one off with LSU, that's what that's the difference in that league. Is just there, God doesn't make that many humans, you know, to be that big and that athletic. Yeah. Uh, it, well, that's what's and Jeff, that's what separated Michigan over the last three years about how they beat Ohio State. Yeah, their lines of scrimmages, you know, they're always going to have skilled guys. They're always going to have somebody that's going to be okay in their secondary. They're going to find a nice running back. <laughs> but the line of scrimmage that's not is, what separated them. They were cheating. That's what separated them. What? Come on, Come on, man. That's my sleeper team. You don't talk about my yeah, sleeper. Bucky's like ultimate sleeper team, the number two team in the country to start the year, the ultimate sleepers, those plucky underdogs, BK, the Wolverines. Yes, Nobody they, get saw those, it you know, they get those two stars and three stars and make them into five stars just like that. But, but they hadn't been like, you know, Michigan has always been, you know, had studs on the offensive line, but now they got those big guys that can move on the defensive line. And, the, yeah. and they've always had linebackers. They were always finding guys in the secondary. They've got a wide receiver somewhere, but it's now the defensive lineman. It's now those guys that are 300 pounders on the defensive line that move like their linebackers. I think you're finding out, which the SEC always had those guys. Yeah. Penn State's one of those programs that you figure, hey, you, you'll get skilled talent, but it hasn't been enough to make a difference. No. Penn State's got the opposite problem for some reason. Bucky, those Big Ten schools, like they got the line of scrimmage thing figured out. It's it's the other stuff that. Uh, oh yeah, they're on the struggle bus. Yeah, for sure, Jeff. We won't uh, have you use all of your material on us this morning. I know you and Jordan are going to be talking about all this stuff from eleven to noon here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But I will ask from a transfer portal perspective, what's next? I mean, two portal acquisitions for Texas right now. They got Matthew Golden, the receiver out of Houston. Obviously, Andrew McCuba, the safety coming from Clemson. Uh, what sort of position group or position groups do you think this coaching staff is looking to attack in the portal? I think, you know, the the not necessarily a counterpoint or devil's advocate to what Bucky was just saying about interior D-line, but I think when you look at how they're trying to build this defense, 
2024 and trying to fill needs through the portal. To me, this is just kind of looking at the plan and, and me kind of trying to psychoanalyze PK and, and Sart. You know, Trey Moore, the, the edge rusher out of UTSA, you know, is he going to make a decision this week coming off of his visit to Alabama? He's already visited Texas. As far as we know, that's still Texas recruitment to lose. But maybe you're thinking, hey, we'll just have a little more pop off the edge, knowing that regardless whether Collins comes back or not, you're going to take a step back. I mean, if Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, or Tavondre right. Sweat's out of eligibility, but if Byron Murphy moves on as we expect him to, you're going to take a little bit of a step back. Can you neutralize that a little bit by being better on the edges? And I think adding a guy like Trey Moore would help you do that. You know, a guy that had, what do you have, 14 sacks this year mm -hmm. at UTSA? So, yeah, Edge, I think specifically Trey Moore is the next piece. Uh, after that, I think they might just kind of hold Pat and, and see what the what the, uh, what the the attrition situation looks like whenever the season ends, whether that's, you know, after the Sugar Bowl or after the, the national championship game, how when, wherever this thing ends, and say, hey, you know, Man, if if you know you're expecting Jalen Ford to move on, but if David Benda moves on, do, does does off ball linebacker suddenly become a need? Uh, I don't think offensive line is going to be a need. You know, depending on what Jatavian Sanders decides, now do you need to earmark a portal position for a tight end? So I think for right now, I think it's Trey Moore, and then I think there's going to be another point whenever the season's in the books where they reevaluate and say, okay, we've got these guys coming back or these guys moving on. Now we look at what our needs are. And I think what really helps them out too, BK, they don't have to worry about shuffling numbers now with the NCAA eliminating the initial counter limits. You know, all you got to worry about, Bucky, you know what that was like, man. Oh, well, you know, we got wait, 25, so we signed 22 last year. We can roll oh, yeah. three back and, and all that stuff and trying to juggle numbers, make it work. Hey, man, as long as you're at 85, by the time all these guys get to campus, that's all you got to worry about now. So for Sark that, and, and that personnel department, that's going to make it a lot easier to figure out the stuff. And then, but then comes the decisions, and again, Bucky, I, I yield the floor to you. Like, you've got to decide, hey, are we better off taking an off-ball linebacker out of the portal now, or should we earmark that position for a high school guy in the 2025 class knowing, regardless, even if we have to wait another year, that kid's going to end up being a better player, and it's a better use of a scholarship over the long haul. So They're, just at, the the point now, Jeff, they're yeah. just at the point now that this isn't about depth in the portal for them. This is plug, and they're yeah. expecting the guy to come in here and in game number two or three, that person's playing. They're yeah. they're they're a big. You know what? When it's time to for a guy to take a blow for two series, that person's coming in, and he's not a stopgap guy. He's a player. Uh, yeah. That's that's what it looks like for me now. You know, when they went to portal last year and they got the the secondary guy from Wake Forest or whoever it was, my expectations were that dude was coming in and he was going to be playing a lot. Only to find out they didn't investigate. He was just okay, I guess. I. He just never fit into the system. And Gavin Holmes, Gavin Holmes has been solid. You know, he's been yeah, I mean, solid. But it, yeah, but from now on, when they go into portal, you're going to find out, you know, I think the same thing for these wide receivers. When they come in here, yeah. they're players. They're they're they're, they're going to be more than solid. They're going to be really legitimate kind of players. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, they had plenty of options in the transfer portal wide receiver. And, like, they might not be done in the portal adding receivers. Just, just well, to I, put I, would, a, I would think another one would do. Just to put a little bit of a buffer between, you know, not necessarily Jonte Cook, because I think we could all agree, like, in the limited action we saw from him this year, he's, he's ready to go. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's the rest of that group and how much do you want to lean on true freshmen, how much do you want to lean on a guy as talented as a guy like Ryan Wingo might be, how much do you want to lean on him? You know, they might not be done in the portal, but to your point, Bucky, they had a the, the 
the transfer portal depth period of wide receiver is, is, is it's a pretty deep pool of talented guys. That's but, interesting. You know, it wasn't Juice Wells. It wasn't Deion Burks. The guy they wanted, the guy they targeted was Matthew Golden. That was the guy they zeroed in on. He was their number one target, and they went out and got him. To your point, they're not just going to take guys to take guys right. from the portal now. If if you're if you're a guy coming if you're a guy coming to Texas from the transfer portal, you're going to be that guy that's counted on. You might not be necessarily starting. You're, you're right. going to be counted on to play starters reps and be a starting caliber player. Yeah, I think that's where they are right now. I think moving on to the SEC, I, I think the buildup of the way this program is built now, it's not about growing depth. You know, we used to always talk about the line, the offensive line depth. They have that now. Any if so if they ever got a lineman now, that guy's coming in to start. He's yeah. not coming in to back up somebody. He's coming in to start. And for David Bendel, let me ask you this, Jeff. Why wouldn't he come back? I mean, he's are you talking about him going to another school or are you talking about him entering the draft? Well, I mean, he's got a he's got a COVID year if he wants to use it. Um or just playing I, the game of football, I, continuing to play. Yeah, I think the most likely scenario right now for Benda, and again. I, I keep saying this because I think you have you have to mention it. If Texas goes on and win a national wins a national championship, that could change decisions for a lot of guys. That True. could change what they're thinking. You're uh, right. But right you're now, better off getting a young guy who can. Yeah, you're right. You know, if BK wants to sit down and you know tie me to a chair, put the gun to my head, and let me tell you what I think David Bend is going to do. I think probably right now the most likely scenario is he comes back to Texas for one more year. Right. which would at the very least give you that veteran presence in that linebacker room just to kind of usher in that new era of, you know, really with Anthony Hill and Leon sure. LaFowle at some point taking over that position group. And oh, he, he got, got more, better this year. And he got better this yeah. year. I thought he was much better than he was last year. Yeah, but, oh, by the, by the way, in, in addition to, you know, finishing up a, a signing class and getting ready for a college football playoff semifinal, Sark's got to hire a linebacker's coach too. So there's, yeah. there's that added onto his plate. So – uh yeah, it's it's a it's a fun time though, man, to, to be a Texas fan and to follow this program. Look, I mean, we've we've gone through a decade plus of being here in December and either no bowl game or you know or Alamo getting, Bowl getting ready for another trip to San Antonio uh-huh. and you know, kind of thinking about next year already. And man, it's fun to be thinking mm-hmm. about, dude. They they're gonna they're competing for a national championship right now, Texas is. And to be there in year three under Sark. It's a good thing. And a BK, I think it goes back to the point that uh, you and I have talked about before and that I made earlier, man. When when you look at Texas recruiting at this level, and especially now you throw the NIL advantage in there, you, this is – this Texas fans, this is what it was like at one point following this yeah. program. Like I, I know for some Texas fans it's kind of an outside-the-box type concept to think of it, but this is what it was like at one point. And it's uh, – yeah. I, I, as long as this staff stays hungry and I have no reason to believe – that they'll that they'll get full, they'll get full of themselves. Um, I think this is this is just going to keep keep rolling right along for for a little bit. It's it's tough to think. Are you going to have another run like Mac had, where you win, you know, ten plus games nine years in a row? Man, I don't know, but I do know this. I, I'm I'm confident that that Sark can be the guy that can get them there. Based on you know how what, the I hate taking up so I hate taking up all your time and all your stuff, but I'm still going to do it. I still got to ask you, what about Sark? In the NFL, what about the Chargers, Jeff? What, in your mind, uh, won't they start looking at him too? I mean, he's uh, what he's done with the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. Uh, a team like the Chargers, why wouldn't they? I mean, Texas is going to pay him no matter what. Yeah, he's going to get paid. But I mean, in, in his mind, does he look at that at all? I mean, he might, but I, I think Sark at this point, you know, 
I think the big crossroads for him was, you know, the end of his time in Atlanta, I think when he made the decision to go back to Alabama to mm-hmm. be the offensive coordinator, I, I think at that point, and again, this is this isn't anything Sark has told me or said on the record explicitly, but I think at that point he decided that, you know, the college game is probably a better fit for him, just kind of maybe based on his personality, I think roster management, you know, kind of being over the whole thing. Uh, and I think I, I think the impact he can have on young people building relationships. I think a lot of that stuff that Sark values I think works better in the college game. Okay. Um, plus, you got to think too. I mean, it, it would it would be a gamble hiring Sark to run your NFL franchise because he's only got the handful of years. I mean, he was a quarterbacks coach for North Turner for one year, and then he was in in Atlanta for what was that two years? I think with with yep. Dan Quinn as as the play caller. So. Um, yeah, we know he's not going to go from being a Texas head coach to being a coordinator in the NFL. That's no. a oh, that's no. a step that's a step down in the football hierarchy. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I would I would worry about that stuff, Bucky, if it ever comes to it. I, if I was a Texas fan, wouldn't spend too much time worried about if an NFL team is is going to come poach Sark. Now, your your plucky underdog, those constant you know teams that nobody gives them a chance, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, that's the furthest thing from blue blood status. They really have to come up from from behind all the time. Sure. I'd be worried about the Chargers contacting their head coach and seeing if uh, if maybe Jim Harbaugh wants to get back in the league and coach Justin Herbert. But yeah. you know, I don't. I wouldn't worry about that with Sark right now. Jeff, we'll let you go with this. A Facebook comment. Would you like to respond to Ugon this morning? So this is one of those deals that uh, I'm going to have to send like a thousand dollars to somebody in Kenya or something. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And okay. I, get, I get give two, them your credit card number. I get two thousand back or some deal, you know. Oh man, you're the man, Jeff. This is always you, fun. Jeff. We uh, look forward to listening to you with Jordan here in a little bit more than an hour. On oh, it's only an hour, but uh, thanks for popping on for a few. Dude, more, man. But isn't isn't this fun though? Like we're talking about oh. a freaking national championship game. We're talking about Texas getting elite talent. Man, this is this is what it should be at Texas. This is where it should be all the time. Yeah, we've been to hell and back, and I'm here to tell you that back is a lot better. Yes, it is. Are you saying we're back? Did you just say we're back? Yeah, I think when you're when you're in the when you're in the CFP, I think you're in the safe zone. Okay, yeah. now we could go unback, but we're we back could, we right now. Go unback, yes. No, we're we're back. <laughs> I thought you know, BK. I thought about uh, Chris Hummer and I decided one time we were going to have a is Texas back meter up on the side if we could get the graphics working right. And on a given Saturday, it's like. Oh, they're they're kind of back. They're teetering to back, and then you know you lose a game. It's like very much not back, and it just kind of like, needle just kind of moves moves back and forth. And the are you back? It's like teetering, like they're like the spring game, and like right before the first game, that whole summer, it just kind of teeters right there between almost back and very back. And, and it was, but you know, it's that's one of those ideas that got left on the cutting room floor. We're here. We're here. We're where we are right now. Texas that's is good. here. Yes, that's a great way to put it, Bucky. Doesn't matter if you want to say they're back or not. They're here. Yes. Absolutely. Jeff, appreciate you, brother. Yep. There he goes. Jeff Howell of It's Only an Hour, which you can catch from. We try to have it for only an hour. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, he's got to rest his voice, man. He's right now. He's about to go back on the air in like an hour and you're just firing away. No, great conversations. Great questions by you. And uh, yeah, love talking to Jeff. The guy is as tied in as you could be. And uh, he's been a part of covering this team. Throughout the downs and now throughout the up that Texas is in right now. Yeah, I just asked that silly question. You know, I asked that of you the other day about Sark. And I'm looking at a guy like Justin Herbert. And 
you know, they're dumb enough to take the guy that they took, you know, as their head coach. Why not a guy who's 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 been known as a quarterback kind of guru? I mean, he's done some good things with a guy with a bum shoulder this year, done some really nice things, not just what he's done with the quarterback position, but his play calling and what he's done with the wide receiver position, too, if you got skilled wide receivers. And Justin Herbert, and they're going to pay somebody a lot of money to be the, the, the head coach of that group right there, playing yeah. where they play, having a quarterback that they spent all that money on, having wide receivers that get hurt every year. But, you know, knowing what that guy could be like if he could get it going. So it's just, you know, I, I just. He ain't they, going to the Chargers, dude. He's not okay, leaving to the Chargers. The job, the job that worries me for Steve Sarkeesian when it opens up is Alabama. If they want him back, yeah, because they've had him before. You're right. Yeah, that word uh, needs from the get-go. There are Alabama fans after the Week 2 game that said, we need to fire Saban and hire Sark right now. So uh, then Saban obviously turned it around, and what do you know? Saban's still a beast. He's the greatest college football coach. No, they were, they're, they're going to suck. They weren't going to be good. Yeah, and his team is in the playoff, and unlike what everybody seemed to thought, they uh, actually had a really, really good year. But like that, that could be a Thank job. You. That maybe Sark would listen to, but you could argue Texas is a better job. I think Alabama. Jeff is right. I think Jeff is right about those relationships. You know, yeah. those type yeah. of relationships. The guy, man, like thank you, Double D. I don't want to say it'd be crazy to leave to go to the NFL or crazy to go to Alabama, but the guy worked so hard to get back to this point, and he's built something that look. We'll see if it's sustainable. I'm with Jeff. I think it will be sustainable. I don't think this is the climax of Texas football, and then they're just going to start going back downhill. Like, I think this thing has some lasting power. The guy worked so hard and overcame so much to get to this spot, and then he's like, he's finally got stuff where he wants it as a head coach, and he's just going to leave and hope he can do that somewhere else. Like, that just – I don't know if yeah, Sark's he's that state. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to go ahead and take that risk. So, thank you, Double D, for the donation. Really, really appreciate it. Happy holidays to you and yours as well, my friend. Uh, thanks to all of you for watching this morning. Of course, please give the video a thumbs up if you'd be so kind and subscribe to this channel if you haven't yet. We're bringing you live Texas football conversation from 8 to 5 every single day. Plus, we post tons of our best segments every night as well. Buck, we got to give some love to uh, some sponsors, though, before we hand things off well, to Chaos Theory. No doubt about it. How about good, good friends over there at Covert in Bee Cave? Since 1909, the Covert family has been serving, selling cars, trucks, and SUVs to Central Texas. They got Covert Ford and Chevy in Hutto, of course. Covert Ford and Lincoln right there in Austin. But out in beautiful Bee Caves, how about Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram? You like that, Sierra? They've got it out there for you. Uh, the one in Bee Caves, folks, is absolutely magnificent. And all the lot, that whole place... 42 acres is filled with cars and trucks for you to take home for the holidays, for sure. Go to covertbcave.com and find out more information while you're there. Do say hello to Dan Covert himself, Mike and Stacy, Jerome, the whole gang out there. We love those folks. Thank them for being a wonderful supporter of ours. Uh, and nobody beats that Covert deal. Not now, not ever. And that means in 2024, nobody's going to beat it then either. 2024, 2025, 2026. Not ever. In ever, ever, of, ever. Never. In the words of Heisenberg, nothing stops this no, train. Nothing stops it. That's them at Covert. Shout out to Allstat Beer as well. I think on Friday I'm going to be drinking some Allstat during the show. So, you know, last show before Christmas, might as well oh, start. Yeah, yeah. 
long holiday weekend off the right way with some Altstadt beer. Nothing might, like it at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I might do a little on-air drinking later this week. There you it's, go. It's been too long since I've done that. But, uh, hey, when I'm off the air, the only beer that I drink is Altstadt beer. Brewed in Fredericksburg, available all over the Austin area and in the Metroplex and in Houston as well. This stuff is liquid gold. One sip and you won't go back to the other beers you've been drinking in the past. I can say that because I was a convert. I haven't gone back to the other beers I was drinking before Altstadt. You say you're a communist? Not a a communist? Are you a communist? Are you a communist? Convert. A convert. I got it. It's a German beer so good a Jew will drink it. There you go. Keep it going. Keep it going. I don't know if they want me to say that. But Altstadt beer is legit. Pick it up at H-E-B, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, wherever you go. Uh, I'm telling you, you're going to love this stuff just like I do. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities. No regrets. And a quick shout out to Woods Comfort Systems as well. WoodsComfortSystems.com. 67 years of providing the best HVAC and plumbing services in. Sleeping like a baby since I got the new new iodizer in there or ionizer or whatever it is, iodine or whatever. All I know is I'm sleeping iodized salt. Dude, it is so clean. When I go to sleep, I get that nice breath of fresh air and I go out, BK. And you know, for me, I'm a guy who only needs about four hours of sleep a night to get it going on. But those four hours are so comfortable with me right now. I don't hear people out there needing eight and 10 hours of sleep, but I can do it on four. And I mean, thanks to, to Woods Comfort Systems, when I am asleep, I am out. I am out. I'm yep. so out that I hear everything around me. That's my deal. Because the because the air is so purified and so clean, man. I love those folks. I you appreciate sleep, it. You sleep so well that everything wakes you up. Yeah, that's right. That's it. I don't get it. As long it. as I don't wake up dead. There you go. That's yeah. wake up the goal dead. every day. As we bring on the gentleman from Chaos Theory, we've got Rodney, we've got Wags. Boys, how are we doing this morning? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? How are you all? Great show. Doing good, man. The Bucky, I, I, I've, did, did I've done that before, trying to walk downstairs in the middle of the night, and it's like, holy shit. It's like every step I'm tiptoeing. It's like, man. Then you got, I have a dog next to me following me. It's like, oh. man, they're going to knock me down, man. I know what's coming. I fell last night. I went outside to see if something was wrong with my, my nine-year-old dog. I went out there, Rodney, just to check on him because then once they get to be about nine and they're great Pyrenees, I heard them kind of like, like moaning. I went outside, and my sneakers, I didn't put my foot all the way in my – pair of sneakers i start tiptoeing around the backyard and dude i caught i don't know what it is i, I caught a bad piece of rubber and i went down i went to a i went to a but of course i did my matrix move where i turned sideways like i've taught to a and fell on my back shoulder and my ass cheek because you know we don't want to break a hip at this age That's we don't want to break anything i told bk why don't i just take a hammer break the arm and then i'll never have to worry about the hip did that work that way? Isn't that how it goes? I always hear about breaking a hip. Hey, when you get older, you know what? My grandmother broke her hip. Well, why don't you take a hammer and break her arm, and then she'll never break her hip. You got you to you give something to get something, you know? That's true. But I, like I that. went down I went down like a heap of shit. I mean, a I hit that ground. Like a sack CJ of shit. Packer. I went down like a sack of shit. Somebody pushed me off the end of the desk, but and I, I did have a little movement. But when I hit the ground, you could, like, hear it. My wife was standing on the back porch for all that because she, she saw it. She just thought she, she didn't give you the. She came out and goes, what are you doing? It looked like, cause when I was trying to get up, cause I heard her voice, it looked like I was playing with the dog. She's like, 
What are you playing? It's one thirty in the morning. Why are you out playing with the dogs? And why are you on your back? <laughs> are the dogs molesting you? You know, first of all, when they, when those big dogs have you on the ground and you're and you're thinking you're going to get up, well, I got a paw on my neck. I got I got a paw in the middle of my back. I'm like, I'm trying to get up, Joyce. I'm trying to come in. I'm not playing games at one thirty in the morning. And she goes. Don't do that. Don't just leave the light up. I said, so the whole neighborhood can see me laying on the ground? I don't think so. I mean, I got some pride. I got some pride to me. I don't mind going down, and I don't mind going down in front of people. When I hey, hit the I ground, don't mind going down either. I love going down, as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Been a while, but that's okay. It's yeah, just, you got I, that shit right. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, when I, I try to get, but you can't bounce back up when you fall at this age, Rodney. Because you got to make sure all the shit is in the right place. You don't, yeah. I mean, I've had people, I fell Why out of a porta potty. Why are you doing that to Rodney? Why are you doing that to Rodney when you're this okay, age? Well, Wags, you like, Rodney's not 85 ass. like you I'm are. 42. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I'm 42. Now, now my age is, is you know, eccentrified a little bit because of the Marine, uh, I guess the Marine Corps years or whatnot. So that okay, adds. Just accept eight more years on it. Yeah, so actually, well, I, I heard it adds about 50. 20. I heard it adds about 20, but I get wow. you. So does my weight, too. My gut kind of adds a little bit of uh, years to my back as well. well so. I'm the second oldest dude on this roster. So when you talk about veterans, I mean, it's Bucky. Yeah. And then, and I think then I need to understand, out. when you go down as an older person, you don't jump up, like jump right up in the air, like shake it off. You start feeling parts. And I mean, I'm out there feeling my shoulder to see if it didn't dislocate. You know, I'm checking my Dr. Record teeth and stuff, <laughs> seeing if I didn't knock out the front tooth. And so I get up and my wife's like like yelling at me on the back porch. I'm like, what the? I mean, I fell down. She goes, don't do that again. Like, I mean, don't go out in the like, dark by myself. I mean, what is this? And hey, now I got to take a stick no matter where I walk. So I, I will say that I think, I think 40 is the age where it really, the body just starts to feel pain, right? Like, or, yeah. or just things that you could do in your younger years that you can't do in your middle-aged years or whatnot. I tried to lift the TV up yesterday and bring it up to the what? guest room. Yeah, usually I can, you know, fifty-five inch. Usually I can. You know, weighs three move pounds around pretty easily or whatnot. Pounds, right? I I took it upstairs and I jacked my back up so damn bad. Oh. I, and then the pride, like the pride that I lost when I had to ask my son to help me move the TV, like that was wow. That was you might as well take the pain. Take the pain. Yeah. yeah, take the pain, fall down the stairs, and then be in the same position with Miss Joyce coming and yelling at me, huh? Oh, yeah, you get yelled at, and you get yelled at. It's like you're not doing anything yeah. really it's bad. Like it was my choice. I didn't choose to do it. Yeah, you're, you're, like, doing, you're doing it wrong, dude. Make your yeah. kid do that at first. That's the whole point of having kids. You get free labor. Not really free. Or neighbor, you know neighbor I mean? kids. I want to make the neighbor sure kids that used right. to come by and my, help out old people. So my son, my son caught on to the lesson pretty early in life where I taught him, like, if somebody asks you to do something, you really don't want to do it. Don't be a victim of success. You know, show them that you're doing as much effort as possible, but make sure that you do the task wrong so they never ask you to do it again. Oh, my God. I just make brilliant. up a lie. I just make up a lie. I've got something. I, I got to go to the doctor. I'm sorry. I can't help you. I got to go I take a doctor. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. But right, listen, time, guys, I'll have a great show. <laughs> Later, slam, it. slam it down be good he said he's got to get out of here